0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of
1: The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. What a night. What a night. Goodness me, honestly. Six hours six hours of it. I wouldn't mind, but in London I'm listening to what everybody's saying. It's interesting when you actually look at the actual seats which have come out Conservatives holding uh, Hampshire gaining the Isle of Wight from no overall control and getting Gloucestershire as well from no overall control. What we'll do about every half an hour, we'll have a chat to LBC Senior Reporter Vincent McIvenny and um, we'll just sort of, just for those people who are waking up now going, has something gone on? Something happened? Yes, it was the local elections. It doesn't affect us here in London, but around the country it's interesting the way we seem to be swinging. So at the uh, at the moment, the state of the parties, uh, you know, the change and the councils, they've got all sorts of... UKIP, not, not doing particularly well, actually. The word zero seems to appear all over UKIP. And uh, if you have a look, and we'll run through all the figures with uh, with Vincent, we'll tell you the important seats and, uh, and the ones which were really important and which have been lost. All of that and more between now and seven this morning. For early breakfast with Steve Allen. And of course, after 70 years, we knew that there was an announcement yesterday coming out of Buckingham Palace because they'd summoned down senior royals from Balmoral and everybody else. And the announcement is to say, because the reason they invited people down is because many staff will be affected. Uh, people who were employed uh, on the Prince Philip side, because both the, uh, the prince and the queen have separate staffing, as does Prince Charles, as does loads of other people. And so consequently, some of those will be losing their jobs because they don't they don't have any hesitation in sort of losing people at the at the moment within the royal family. So he's scaling down his workload. And at the age of 96, so he should be entitled to do so. I mean, because to be brutally honest with you, he's carried out God. Knows, there, was a, there was a whole raft of engagements. I mean, he's done something like 22 1,200 solo engagements, he's done 5,500 speeches, 637 foreign visits and countless gaffes which make us giggle. And he can be difficult, he can be obstinate, but he's 95, coming up 96. He should be allowed to stop work, and that's what he's doing, he's scaling it down. I think he heads up 800 charities. Seriously, like 800, cha- that's like a huge amount, isn't it? I could barely manage two. And you sort of think, think to yourself, you know, it's all it's all going terribly well. But he's got to be allowed to slow down. Somebody said, nice to see you standing down. He said, well, I can barely stand up. So he's, uh, he's still cracking jokes, still going with it. She, the Queen, is carrying on. But that was the announcement yesterday that we waited for because we, we didn't try and get around to doing anything at all because we were waiting on what they were going to be announcing. Because I think originally people were a bit sort of, what are they announcing? There was lots of flurry and the cameramen were going down to Buckingham Palace and we were all sitting here twiddling our thumbs at the same time. Uh, plus, um... Pregnant Fern McCann finally ventures out of the house in between her bursts of sobbing. if you Remember last week we were told by one of her friends that apparently, I mean don't ask me why, we couldn't work this out at all, she goes out with a bloke who's uh, from maybe the wrong side of the tracks, maybe the wrong side of the tracks. And um, anyway she's very unwisely got pregnant, very unwisely, and anyway so she's now finished with him. Then apparently spent most of her time sitting in a house sobbing, not not coming out. I'm assuming she's coming out because she'll be giving an interview to OK magazine. Can't think of any other reason for venturing out. She's obviously stopped work. Well, I thought the whole idea was that you know you you get you get back into it. It's like falling off a horse. You get back on again. You carry on riding. Uh, a third of us admit to filming our own sex romps. Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I don't think so. And also, swearing can help people win at sport. A study has revealed. I don't often hear that much swearing. I do hear swearing, but I don't hear it uh, too much. Uh, I think in uh, in sporting pro, they just make noises, don't they? When people are playing, t-
2: <makes noise>
1: <makes noise> and that's all you hear. And apparently, that's you have to do that because it exerts more energy, and the ball goes further. But you just tap it over the net. I mean, who cares? But it's worth two million quid this year. Two million quid for the mail and. Two million quid for the female, which is great. They've been making an absolute fortune for years and years. Students cheating with invisible ink. And uh, the public opinion on Brad Pitt. He was right to speak out about facing his addiction. Uh, uh, Outrage of the benefits mum denied an extension to her three-bedroom home. It doesn't work. Another one of these people who expects us to supply everything for her. There's no reason why she can't work. She must better to do something. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a nation of bone-idle layabouts. People who are just going to sort of hang around. Just give me benefits. Give me benefits. You see them on the... They make programmes about it. I sit there in abject horror watching some of this uh, stuff. Uh, Also, the maternity clothes. One, uh, One of the columnists has done a great piece on maternity clothing, which at one time used to be sort of bulky, so it sort of hid the bulk. Now people are wearing skin-tight things and, um, and oh, yeah, some of it's all high heels. Looks very dangerous. Uh, the woman who found a spider in her ear is in the papers today. And um, I think it was making a nest. I know it sounds vile, doesn't it? You worry about that. Earwigs. I think that's why they're called earwigs. And they go inside your ear and this particular spider, I think it bitter. her. And uh, she had to go to hospital, have it removed. I thought just put the vacuum cleaner up against it. Uh, Also, Stephanie Pratt on babies and a hunt for a man and her sexiest shoot yet, if you're a fan of airbrushing. And uh, as I say, that's a little bit embarrassing. But, you know, we we sort of we entertain the people from the reality shows on this programme. Uh, Also, what was the other one I quite like? Oh, yes, a slimmer. Who, there's always somebody, isn't there? Every so often, the papers throw up somebody and, uh, or throw out somebody. And, and then they go, oh, Look, this person's in the paper. And you go, Why? Because they've lost a lot of weight. This woman lost 11 stone. Now, that's, you know, a huge amount to lose. Huge amount to lose. You know, I mean, I, I, could, do with, I could probably do with losing a stone, stone and a half, something like that. But it just seems a huge amount, doesn't it, really? Uh, and we're in it up to our necks. We borrow and borrow and borrow. I was talking about this to my driver this morning. We were talking about, you know, the Brits like using a credit card. And then don't seem to want to pay it back. They don't realise. Nobody thinks about saving now. We've we've sort of got out of the habit of saving. And I like saving. In fact, the older you get, the more you will save, I promise you. Because I didn't realise. Somebody said a short while ago to me, they said, oh, you know that you can uh, take money out of your pension. And I thought, that's a nice idea. I could take some money out of my pension and I don't know, there's nothing I need to do with it. Uh, And then somebody said, beware. The tax man will tax you on it because it's money that's been sitting in an account earning interest. So you should have to pay tax on it. So people think it's free money. They're going to let you have twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 quid and you're not going to be uh, tacked onto your tax bill. No, it's going on your tax bill. So just be careful. Uh, also, Paul Lewis Hamilton and his disastrous fashion. I mean, do you think somebody's taking the mickey out of him or he really enjoys wearing these really campy, campy outfits. I mean, some of them are just dreadful. Even the paper's freely admitted. He's a disaster when it comes to the dressing up thing. But, I mean, nobody ever said that he knew how to dress, but his outfits are particularly bizarre. They're neither fashionable nor interesting nor butch enough, as far as I'm I mean, some of them. The latest one is atrocious. I'm sure they probably cost an arm and a leg, but I'm assuming he's he's wearing them for somebody. And, uh, and, and they go, you know, would you like to wear this? And then people will comment on it. They are. But it's negatively. Nobody's talking about it, going, isn't that a fantastic outfit that Lewis Hamilton's wearing? Because he isn't. And they aren't. Oh, and there's Tom and Jerry and Priscilla. Somebody said to me the other day, wouldn't you like to go visit Graceland? I said, no, not really. I said, I've met Priscilla Presley, one of my close personal friends. And uh, I've got no interest in visiting Graceland. I'd be very disappointed because I know it's very small. It's only looking big because of the portico that they shoved on the front of it. Uh, and the fact that Elvis is, uh, is buried there, together with, I think, his mum and dad. I think Vernon's buried there and his mum too. And then over the road, there's the aeroplane. But the house itself is really quite small. By, by standards nowadays, when you look at the size houses that come up for sale, especially in country life this week, my God, there's some mansions for sale, some really lovely places, you know. This one's got 14 bedrooms. And all I keep thinking is, that's 14 sets of towels You'd have to have about a bank of washing machines to get through them. Oh, terrible. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk, Trucker Joe. Says, uh, just interrupted Steps Ultimate Collection. Please, to tune into to Steve Allen. i tell you, the most irritating one in Steps is that little H. H for horrendous. And uh, ooh, ooh, that's what he does. And he can, I want everybody to jump up and down. And then, of course, he has to be very quick on it because they're going into the miming bit. And uh, so they're doing tragedy, I think. tragedy, same line repeated all over again. And uh, Steps are touring, I believe, uh, together with Banana Rama, who are also touring. Uh, Cliff Richard, much classier actor, I think he's got Calabro touring with him. And uh, I'm sorry, how could we forget? Gosh, the ultimate 80s icons. Uh, so, Bros. Uh, are touring and they'll be doing a medley of their hit and that'll be quite nice uh, because I think, drop the boy, drop the boy when will I, and then we get back to drop the boy again because I can't remember half the hit singles but I know they sold 20 million albums but all we're waiting for, and I know I derive some sort of sarcastic and sick pleasure out of the fact that I know there's going to be rows and rows of empty seats, even at the Sold Out concert, because they'll have been bought by touts hoping to make a killing. But uh, let's see what the first show does. It's not that far away. We're into uh, May, aren't we? Are we into May? Yes, May. We've got June, July, or oh, three months hope they're rehearsing all their dance numbers and everything else and they'll have sort of people flying in from above and they'll take them on a thing. Or are they going to do it laid back because they're now heading into their, is it mid-40s? You know, and you can't jump around as much as you uh, as you possibly used to when you're in your 40s. And I oh, know I certainly, I've had to cut back on the tap dancing while well, I kept falling in the sink. And uh, I remember thinking to myself at the time, you know, uh, should I keep up with the dancing? No. You know, should I keep up with the hang gliding? No. Should I still climb trees? No, because I can't. Well, in fact, I probably could climb a tree, but I'm just not totally convinced I could get down again from it. There's a con man who sold some fake Ed Sheeran tickets to a teenage cancer sufferer. And as you can well imagine, uh, Ed has bounced back and he's uh, come to her rescue, which is uh, lovely. Also, the bloke uh, savaged by a Komodo dragon. I don't know if you've ever seen Komodo dragons. They're absolutely enormous and they run and they swim and they bite. Like there's no tomorrow, and this bloke thought he would creep up on one, and take its photograph. Bad move, bad move. The dragon turned on him, and uh, if you saw the blood pouring out of his leg, my God, do you want to go anywhere near them? Uh, plus the Russian top columnist, I can't imagine those uh, those going together. The Russian top columnist, um, who has now um, just written about. Uh, the fact that manchester is full of fat women full of fat women it's bizarre isn't it are these the uh, the seats which we which we're looking at the moment is this how many seats everybody's got this is for wales is it so in wales labor have got it's amazing isn't it wales do quite well with the labor party but uh, across the rest of the country but uh, but you know at the moment i think the overall Thing And I'll find out from Vincent in a moment. I think Conservatives are walking it. This one. UKIP. I'm not surprised that Nigel Farage didn't want anything to do with it. Zero. Zero. They've got nothing at all. No seats. Nothing, in fact, consistently. He's still what? Yes. Was he in last night? He's nothing to do with the party, is he, anymore? Oh, is he? Oh, he's still doing something with it. Still an MEP, but zero is, the, uh, is the, the number all the way over there. So they're holding Hampshire, they're gaining the Isle of Wight from no overall control and they've gained Gloucestershire as well. So we'll run through all those little bits and pieces in a moment. Plus uh, the other one, the fears for 62 more Premier League stars. 10% of top players need help. They think that they've got emotional problems after we told you about that uh, the other day and um, the 800 charities who say a big thank you. Prince Philip. After the break, LBC senior reporter Vincent McIverney will join me in the studio to round up all you need to know from the local election counts going on up and down the country, including an update from the race to be the first mayor of the West of England. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Friday, short week for many of you because you've got the, uh, the bank holiday off. Normal week for us. We don't actually sort of worry too much about the bank holidays. So we've had a nice time. If you've been asleep and you've missed the uh, excitement for the last six hours, we've had a programme running on LBC looking at all the local elections. Doesn't affect you in London, but uh, it certainly affects people out of London. And uh, with us now is our senior reporter at LBC, Vincent McIverney. Nice to see you. Good morning. So where are we? Are we, I mean, do we know turnout yet? Do we know what the percentage is? We
3: haven't got a turnout yet. It's quite different across the country because it's different election systems going on. And some of the votes in Scotland, for instance, they won't start counting until nine uh, o'clock. Well, in a few hours from now, it's about to say tomorrow, but it is tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, we don't have a turnout figure yet for the whole of the country. But uh, it's looking like in some places it has been quite high. Obviously, people more engaged because the general election is going on. But we've got 4,851 council seats being contested and also those six new metro mayors and it really seems to be quite a good night for the Conservatives. They've gained control of Warwickshire, Lincolnshire, Gloucestershire, Isle of Wight um, and the Conservatives have gained 98 councillors so far. If they can hold on to that lead they'll make history as the most successful governing party since 1974 when these boundaries were drawn. It's rare for a party in power for this long to be making such great gains and it really is a bit of a damning indictment On Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. Uh, And the party has also retained control of Essex, Hampshire, and Dorset. And this is thanks to a big collapse in the UKIP vote. At the moment, UKIP, for instance, have lost all 10 of their seats in Lincolnshire and they haven't won any seats in the country yet. And their former leadership candidate, Lisa Duffy, she's insisted winning zero seats so far isn't a disaster, saying it's challenging. And she says UKIP are still relevant. But it seems as we thought we were seeing in the election with the polls showing, you know, the Conservatives taking that clear lead with, you know, numbers of about 40% and UKIP crashing down to about 6%, that those votes are being drawn away now that Theresa May has put her stakes behind a full Brexit. UKIP is seemingly redundant in some ways because now Theresa May is soaking up those votes. Her message of give me your votes and it will make me stronger in Europe seems to be getting through. And for Labour as well, well, they've lost control of two really key seats for them. Blano Gwent and Merthyr Tidville, two independents. Those are two seats in South Wales and that's devastating for them. This is their heartlands. They have managed to retain Newport. But for instance, Merthyr Tidville, Labour won 14 of the 33 seats available and their founder Keir Hardy was Merthyr Tydfil's MP. The town is synonymous with Wales's coal mining heritage and a Labour MP has been there for Westminster for decades but the latest polls that came out about two weeks ago for Wales show that for the first time since the First World War Labour could lose control of Wales so if these results that we're seeing overnight obviously it's hard to make a direct correlation mm-hmm. but if the trend carries through to the general election it's going to be very difficult For Labour in the next few weeks. Elsewhere, though, Ros Jones uh, has won the Doncaster mayoral election on its first count, so that's some good news for them. And it's thought there are other mayoral races, Andy Burnham in Manchester and Steve Rotherham in Liverpool. uh, They haven't started the counting on those yet, but it's thought that they are set to win later. And we know that in the West as well, that it's come down to the Conservative and the Labour candidates, so we might be getting a result for them in the next few hours. Uh, And in terms of Scotland, as I said at the top, the elections uh, in all 32 councils in Scotland are due to start counting at nine. And it's thought that Labour, again, could have a difficult uh, few hours up there. Now, Kezia Dugdale, the head of the Scottish Labour Party, and Jeremy Corbyn have struggled uh, to maintain a synonymous message. Jeremy Corbyn has been somewhat mixed about independence. He's also, you know, was criticised by Kezia Dugdale. She was part of those who came out last year against him, criticised him for calling Article 50 to be triggered just after the uh, Brexit vote when Scotland voted so much in favour. And Labour, if it has any chance in these elections, should be trying to gain those seats. But it seems like the SNP continues to go stronger in Scotland. They might take some of those Heartland Labour seats out of Glasgow. But also the Conservatives under Ruth Davies up there, they continuing to make ground on Labour's territory. So quite a difficult night. And a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of this local election, I interviewed Jeremy Corbyn when he was campaigning up in North which is something as well that they might struggle to take cont- keep control of. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he wouldn't give me a figure on what would be a successful night. He knew he was in for losses, but it seems like those losses might be bigger than we thought even then. It was looking at about maybe 130 councillors, but it's looking like on these current figures, it might be even worse for Labour tonight. So is this an indicator of the way we could see the general election going? It's pretty strong. It's rare. I mean, we haven't had a local election fall into a general election period like this. So it, it, you know, it is only in parts of the country, but these are some really key parts of the country yeah. that we're seeing these elections. And or, I haven't talked yet about the Lib Dems as well in the South West. Now, the Lib Dems have been hashtag Lib Dem fight back for ages now and they've been talking about how they make gains in council by elections and and things like that. But at the moment we're not really seeing them sort of pick up the seats that we thought they would through the night. They're sort of heartlands with the south west which they lost a lot of the MP seats for Mm. in the 2015 election. They're hoping to win some of them back in a couple of weeks time. But at the moment it doesn't seem to be going quite to plan there as well. Uh, So we will see. But at the moment it seems like the Conservatives are storming away they've got ninety-six, ninety-eight. 98 sorry councillors so far tonight Labour looking uh, like they've lost about 39 at the moment Lib Dems about 10 the Greens seem to be up about four and UKIP as I say yet to win a seat
1: but they're being quite upbeat about it aren't they really
3: they are they are
1: quite sweet really I mean come on give them a chance I just I just can't understand why all of a sudden the country, because every time we talk about UKIP on LBC, you get no end of calls about, you know, you're always bashing this and bashing that or you're bashing Corbyn and everything else. But it's proving it in the polls that what,
3: what's being, you know, radiated out of LBC is actually going around the country. Well, what we might see in the next few days is a sort of reconfiguration of UKIP's plan. If they do continue on this trend of them losing a lot of seats to the Conservative Party, mm-hmm. you know, it used to think it was going to be uh, Labour that was losing, uh, le- sorry, Labour were losing seats to UKIP. And instead of those seats going back to Labour now that Brexit referendum has gone ahead, they seem to be going to the Conservatives. Uh, and what we might see is, you know, Paul Nuttall is the leader of this party. He's already lost one by election in Stoke. Mm. He's running now in Boston. But a number of kind of the bigger names of UKIP, obviously LBC presenter Nigel Farage and also Suzanne Evans, they've decided not to run in MP seats this time around. And, you know, it's been very much being left to Paul Nuttall to run this. I've been to two press launches in the past week where he's uh, ran them. And, you know, he doesn't quite have sort of campaigning magnetism that Nigel Farage Mm. does have. You know, Nigel Farage can work a room and he knows how to do a campaign despite not being elected to Parliament himself. Uh, But he might need to consider now what he's going to do during the course of the rest of this election if, you know, UKIP are going to be able to hold on uh, through this election. I mean, there's a lot of very disappointed people this morning. Why does it take them so
1: long to count the votes? You know, when you say in Scotland they'd sort of turn up, but why don't they do it now?
3: Well, in Scotland you've got giant geographic areas and you've got also some that are, have to be brought from islands by boat and things like that. So that's the other factor in play, just the pure geography up there. Right. So we will get a lot more results in between now and seven, you think? We should get a few more, yeah. We should start to get more. So I'll come back every sort of maybe 15 minutes and keep you updated. 20. Twenty. Yeah, yeah, we
1: Twenty. We were very busy with Prince Philip stepping down and things like that. Heaven's. i slagging off H from steps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think that's too difficult to do on this program. Let me tell you, H standing for horrific. Uh, LBC senior reporter Vincent McEvany. Thank you very much indeed for that. And he'll be back with us as soon as we get more more updates. Then the more we will tell you. But I, I, I think we're onto a trend here. I think the trend is sort of heading in the direction of the Conservatives. But uh, so Labour have lost control of Merton Tidville. They've lost control of Merthyr Tydfil. So, uh, so that's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? All these were heartlands. All these were heartlands for sort of the Labour Party. It was staunch Labour wherever you went in, in Wales and now gradually losing to the Conservatives. All I hear is people coming on saying, oh, I'd never vote Conservative. So somebody came onto LBC, when was it the other week? And they said, Oh, there's a lot of people who are defecting from the
3: Conservatives to Labour. I said, I don't think so. I thought the evidence was defecting back the other way. Well, it's incredible you think about Wales's experience as well under a female Tory leader in the 1980s. And these are, you know, real coal lands. <laughs> yes. And what happened, you know, uh, but it seems like, Mar- uh, the, you know, Margaret Thatcher is being channelled as much as possible by Mm. Theresa May in some ways, but it seems it's having the inverse effect in Wales than you might have thought. She's no longer seems to be toxic. It seems to be a strong female leader. And part of Theresa May's campaign in this general election, it seems like they've dropped the word conservative
2: Mm. from
3: a lot of the literature. It's Theresa May. It's Theresa May, join my team. You know, this is something David Cameron tried a decade ago. He tried to rebrand it as David Cameron's Conservatives, and Theresa May just thought, no, drop the Conservative. It's all about me, and every vote for me will strengthen my hand and join my my team and see my lovely leather trousers and things like that. We all get very excited
1: about it. It's interesting, isn't it? The people still talking about Margaret Thatcher and what happened to Wales. and the, the, I was old enough to remember because I was on LBC at the time during the miners strike and, you know, and how much they hated Margaret Thatcher. I'm beginning to wonder whether or not the Labour Party will end up with a with a female leader. I've just, uh, there's a few people within the party I think I wonder whether they would change the fortunes of the party.
3: Well they haven't had a full time female leader yet, they've had Harriet Harman yeah. uh, twice lead it and Margaret Beckett as well uh, sort of as an interim leader mm. and you know if you think about the contenders in the last PMQs before we had the general election, Yvette Cooper stood up and made a, a sort of speech from the, uh, or raised a question from the back benches and you know the reaction around that was that well there is you know someone who's already started off the stalking horse campaign for this election to be the leader, to, le- Labour leader to mm. follow Jeremy Corbyn. But it's a question as to whether or not Jeremy Corbyn will stand down. He you know, said not, it, hasn't he? Well, you know, he's trying to get this McDonnell Amendment passed, which will change the threshold for the number of MPs right. needed for selecting the uh, the next candidate. So we'll see. You know, it's going to be a very difficult uh, day for him now if these results carry on on the trends that they're doing, mm. especially losing in these sort of heritage seats. as Wales, you know, that will be pretty difficult difficult. Uh, and, uh, you know, they might have some things like, you know, Steve Rotherham and Andy Burnham to cling on to as, you know, taking over these great cities in the northwest. Uh, but that is also has its dangers for Jeremy Corbyn, because if you've got Andy Burnham in Manchester, and you've got Sadiq Khan here in London already, then you've got kind of alternative Labour power bases that can put out a different message from that of the leader's office.
1: I mean, but what is it you think they
3: like about Theresa? Is, I mean, but what has she got that they like? I think in the past year, I mean, Theresa May has played a cannier hand than than anyone. You know, she came from a crowded field and very quickly won the Conservative leadership election. We were expecting a long race over the summer, but it was all done and dusted very quickly. And you know, that speech the other day, she has these little moments where she really sort of you know, makes a surprise move and, you know, like calling the general Mm. election after her walking holiday. And, you know, the other day when she uh, went back to Downing Street after being at number 10, and she, you know, she she didn't just, she trotted out the usual lines, strong and stable government, vote for me, and, uh, you know, coalition of chaos. But she did make a point of, you know, attacking uh, the European Union on those leaks from that dinner last week. Uh, and also, you know, she's, she's been riled up. Guy, Giva Hofstadt tweeted something the other day sort of mocking her, you know, about having to be strong and stable mm. to handle negotiations. And she's very much looked that challenge in the face and has given strong words on the steps of Downing Street. So we will see... What happens now? All to play for, as they say. In fact, we should tell you, as well as the UKIP
1: leader, Paul Nuttall, the Boston and Skegness constituency is being contested by Matt uh, Warman for the Conservatives, Paul Kenny for Labour, Philip Smith for the Lib Dems, Victoria Percival for the Green Party, Mike Gilbert for the Blue Revolution Party, and also Chris Payne. So we'll catch up with you in uh, about 15, 20 minutes' time at which time we might have some more excitement. It'd be funny if it turned around, wouldn't it? I've seen it happen before, actually, where you sort of you think we're heading in one direction and then all of a sudden it, it, we sort of veer off and nip down a little cul-de-sac where we bump into H from Steps again, probably doing one of his little dances, which is lovely. Thank you very much indeed for that. That's uh, Vincent McIverney, who's LBC's senior reporter.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you coming. So Vincent will pop back in in about, uh, about 20 minutes. But well, What we'll do, if, if there's nothing more to report in 20 minutes, well, then we won't have him back in. But if, if there's some, some results coming in, because they're a bit slow out there, aren't they? But uh, it's, it's, it's definitely very interesting, the way that UKIP have got these big zeros all over the charts and uh, everything else that I've been looking at this morning. And, uh, and the Labour Party, I thought... Now, is this what... Everybody's been saying if you listen to LBC and you hear people talking about it. All right. So you hear people saying, oh, I don't think that uh, Jeremy Corbyn's going to be right for the Labour Party should step down. And then you get they're, they're very vociferous, the Jeremy Corbynites. They love him to pieces. They absolutely love him. and They can't understand why people are sort of not pushing for him. But I think in the voting, the actual, you know, the proof of the pudding, as they say, is definitely in the eating this morning. Because if you look at the state of the parties, uh, you know, Labour still in Wales, 103 seats, uh, Plaid Cymru is 18, Conservatives 15, the Lib Dems 8, UKIP nothing. It's, you know, and the uh, NOC others 75. So, I mean, it's a change for Labour. It's down 26. Conservative are up eight in the in the changes. So it's interesting, isn't it? That was the heartland. That was the heartland. That was that was sort of mining. Mining country, you know the uh, the uh, the all the the things that went on during the miners' strike. I can remember Arthur Scargill and you know and scabs and oh dear, it just went on, didn't it? Well, in fact, they made they made films about it. In fact, they made numerous films about the miners' strike. First of all, the gay people who were supporting the miners. Did you see that film? That was a really good film, actually. And then you know Billy Elliot. Again, another film during the... Minute. There's been so many really good films which highlighted just what it was like. Down here in London, we just sort of read about it and saw all the, uh, the pictures on the, the news, but it's very interesting the way this is going. Uh, Jane says, the Russian top journalist who talked about the fat women in Manchester quite clearly hasn't been to Harlow Town Centre. Well, just about anywhere. I said, What's, you know, why, why, um, why just Manchester? Why not anywhere at all? And uh, Steve, uh, Wren from Reading, how desperate was the poor little arachnid? To nestle a home in there, I don't. Always frighten. Doesn't it frighten you? You know, when you sort of go to bed at night, you think, say, your nearwig crawls up onto the pillow and then crawls in your ear, and you're going, "What? I can feel something moving around." Oh, frighten the life! In fact, the more I think about it, the more frightening it is. So let's not talk about it. Uh, Antony's in uh, in Norvage, Norway. She's quite pretty. Every time I think of Norway, I think of the fjords. I always think of that. Norway it's probably quite pretty. I think people. I think it's a simple lifestyle. I've been to Norway into parts of Norway. But uh, it says, either I'm a great listener or you're a perfect radio personality. I think possibly a combination of the both, do you not think? I wouldn't like to actually state and blow my own little trumpet, which I do have experience of, by saying I think I'm a great personality radio presenter. I'm just uh, I'm just somebody who's worked to put himself through the radar and I've ended up here, OK? That's how it works out. It's just the ability to talk for three hours. Sometimes it makes sense, sometimes not even to me does it make sense. And somebody will write to me afterwards and say... Um, uh, you know when you said so and so, it's no good asking because I can't remember anything. The moment the programme finishes, every every last bit of the programme, I've completely forgotten. I don't know why. It's just one of those things, isn't it? You just sort of remember certain things. You've got ideas in your mind. I was listening earlier on, and uh, there were four people, I think, in the in the studio overnight. And so I was trying to keep up with what everybody was talking about. and I couldn't quite get my handle on where everybody was coming from. I knew what Ian Dale sounded like and Sheila, and uh, and I knew the people driving chris and uh and tom as well who was telling me about his experiences sunbathing uh where his body ended up looking like sort of a roadmap kind of thing it's all very exciting stuff we talk about here on the program uh a third of us admit to filming our own sex romps excuse me i i think not i think not who are these people i suppose that's where all these sites come from isn't it you know at one time um Pornography and that kind of adult entertainment, as it's uh, as is laughingly called, used to be professional people who did that for a living. Now it's it's amateur people who do it. People who sort of post stuff that they've done up on the internet. Like the latest one is Will Young, apparently. And then somebody said, "But you can't see his face." To which I retorted, "Who was looking at his face?" And uh, because it's one of those sort of things, isn't it? You sort of you have a picture of a celebrity. and There's all sorts of celebrities who appear on the Internet, you know, both male and female, predominantly male. It has to be said. Why? I've got no idea. I find the most thing, you know, the, the thing most bizarre. Uh, Warren lives... On the internet, he's constantly going to America and buying stuff because there's something nice about shopping on the internet. I bought three frying pans the other day and they arrived. I can't tell you the amount of pleasure I derive from buying three frying pans. I don't know why. I just bought three frying pans. (laughs) So they arrived because they look quite good and they were £33. I mean, it's not that I cook. I could understand it if I cook. I could understand if I did anything that was remotely culinary in the kitchen. But I turn on the television to see uh, Phil Vickery and Fern doing a double header on a programme, which I quite like. The yeah, They seem to work quite well together, actually, and that's difficult. I think if you know somebody, but then I think John Turode has currently got his, uh, his girlfriend on the cooking programme. Lisa, who's been on uh, here, Lisa Faulkner. And, um, and you think, that must be quite difficult working with somebody that you know that well, especially if it's a relation. I've heard of husbands and wives working together on sort of radio programmes, but not necessarily on, on television. Uh, what have we got now? Oh, some, uh, Jan Moyers talked about the McCanns. Uh, and the one thing that she's picked up on, and of course I, I picked up on it weeks ago myself, is the fact that throughout the last ten years they've remained together. You would have thought that this would have stretched their relationship, you know, to to the ends of the earth. But in fact, it hasn't. They're as strong today as they've uh, as they've ever been. And she sort of poses the question, you know, they've been through all of this and they're still they're still holding hands. They're still holding hands. And it's not sort of a. I don't think it's a fake relationship, which you can see with some people. You know, I mean, I mean, we, we don't get many pictures of the Beckhams holding hands or showing any sign of affection. And yet there must be some sort of affection. They've got five children, for God's sake. Four? Three, four five. Five children. I think they should go, go for another one, perhaps go for another girl or something like that, seeing as Harper's practically out there working. Sorry? But eight children. I'd love to be from a large family. She's seven, so we could have Harper eight, couldn't we? Yeah. I I just like the idea of having of having a big family. I like the I'd love to be like there was that family in the paper the other day. They've got nine kids and they're all boys, hoping for a girl. Latest one's coming along. It's a boy. So what do they do? Do they stop now or do they still keep trying? Because whoever it is, the girl will be spoilt rotten, I should imagine, by her uh, by her her brothers. Because I've got two godchildren, two girls, and one boy, and they all get on really well together. They you know they they have done ever since they were sort of young, because they're all of certain ages. But I'd love the idea, if, if my parents had had more children, I'd be one of six or something like that. That'd be super. I'd have loved that. But uh, not to be. Not to be. Uh, there's also a benefits mum in the paper today. Plus, though, the most important thing, even, even over and above a benefits mother, somebody who doesn't work because either she can't work or she physically has to do something, I don't know. But uh, this is the last day that you can use your old paper £5 notes. Okay, And uh, I was saying to some friends of mine in Marks and Spencer's yesterday, I said, I bet you anything, Saturday morning, somebody will come up with their shopping and they'll produce a fiver, an old fiver. And they're going to get really irate when somebody doesn't take it, because I'm telling you now, you're either as thick as a brick if you think you can use these after today or you've just really been under a conch shell somewhere on a beach, you know, sort of talking to yourself because they cease to be legal tender after tonight. So it's no good trying to present it to somebody. They don't have to take it. On the other hand, you can take it to the banks. Not all banks will be taking them. You know, they don't want them any more than anybody else does. Uh, Labour lose Merthyr Tidville. They hold neath Port Talbot. So there you go. No over- overall control in Merthyr Tidville. No overall control. So Labour lose Merthyr Tidville to no overall control. So that's right in the heartland, isn't it? I remember Merthyr Tydfil. We had, you know, like Abervan. People of a certain age remember the Abervan disaster. We remember Merthyr Tydfil. remember Port Talbot and Neath and all these other places. I've always wanted to go there. I've never been to Wales. We went on a holiday once, but I remember very little of it, apart from we were in a caravan. Yes, we had a caravan. You know, we were out there. Mother was doing pegs. You know, had to. I loved caravanning. I don't know what It was the, the idea that you sort of took your house with you. And then you got there and then you sort of wound the legs down and then you connected up the gas bottle and we had little gas mantles inside. Oh, it was fantastic. You could go anywhere. Cheap holiday. I don't think we ever went abroad. I don't think so. Um, the producer stayed in a cottage near Brecon. It's the producer who was driving that part of that overnight show on LBC at uh, Mammoth Six Hours. But uh, it, it was lovely in Brecon, but there was no heating in January. So that's, I mean, it does get well. We had no heating in our in our caravan. There was no heating at all. And so you, you what you, we had to do, because we had a little touring caravan, we, uh, you, the, the table that was at the end, you folded the table down. It slid in on two runners and all the cushions that made up the seating pushed to the middle. So you ended up with a double bed there and then a double bed that pulled down from the wall and then the toilet in the corner. I mean, to be honest with you, woe betide if you had to get up in the middle of the night to go to toilet because you were weeing into what was effectively a dustbin which it was called an Elsan, and it used to, we used to put stuff, I can remember it to this day, this blue liquid in called Rakazan, and Rakazan sort of, because in the morning you had to do, it's like slopping out, and uh, if you got I know, <laughs> horrible, but if you woke up in the middle of the night to go for a wee, you prayed you didn't wake everybody up, but of course you did, because it was just a little small caravan, and in the winter, Dad would, Dad would get up if we were if we were out in the, well, we're out, okay, anyway. he would, and he put the, put the gas on on the stove, and it heated up really quickly. Really, really quickly. We'd all have a nice hot cup of tea. And then you'd get up and out of bed as fast as possible to go over to the communal showers and get yourself ready and then come back. Because once you You know it's like getting up in the morning. You've probably tried it on this programme. You, you wake up in the morning you go, I'm not getting out of bed, it's, it's warm. It's really... I don't want to get out of bed. But once you're actually out of bed and you've been in the bathroom, even if you haven't got the heating on in the middle of winter, then you can actually do it. But this morning, it's very autumnal out there. It's another cold morning. Not as cold as it has been, but it's enough. it's enough to notice. Uh, there have been an increase in fancy cake shows with plinkety-plink music, of course. Something. I, I like the cake shows on the television. I'm always amazed at what people can make. I love anything on the Food Channel to do with wedding cakes and these fancy creations where they've got bits of dowling stuck in there and, you know, how, that, uh, how that's eaten, I've got no idea. But you have all these lovely cakes and I look at it. And even just watching normal food cooking, I find marginally exciting, not hugely exciting. But uh, I was watching something the other day, and whatever it was, it looked absolutely delicious. And then you look at that horrible splodge of a concoction that Eve 42 Today Beckham had. You know, I mean, gammon and pineapple, eggs, coleslaw, baked beans, and potato wedges. I mean, dear God, I'm surprised it isn't sort of chuck pudding in. Oh, well, you know, perhaps the pineapple was the pudding. But that was apparently Dave's, Dave's favourite meal. They've got no class, have they, at all? Yeah, wear pineapple rings and one them, you threw them, get a coconut. And because um, I like, I haven't had a pineapple ring for ages. I might have one today because it's Friday and nothing ever spoils. Uh, have we got clips? We have. Nothing ever spoils my happiness on a Friday apart from waking up last night and suddenly realising that it's getting ever closer going into hospital to have this procedure. <laughs> and uh, I'm absolutely dreading it absolutely dreading it my my first question is going to be has anybody ever died under this procedure because what they do is they're going to put this stuff in an injection which I think is going into my arm and um, with my shirt off I mean that that freaks me out completely why do they have to see you with your shirt off I'll just wear a short sleeve shirt but they've got to put all the bits and pieces on there and then they're going to increase my heart rate which I don't fancy at all because I get that and that's called angina and it hurts I've got my little spray with me. But uh, I'm, I was really dreading... And last night, I, was, I thought I was having a panic attack. Second time I've had a panic attack. Not really, but it was enough for, to lie there and thinking, I need to get out of bed and have a cup of coffee. I'm not coping with this very well at all. And then I kept thinking about the operation, thinking, oh, God, I remember how long it took last time. Four hours. Four hours. They're trying to put these... St- Perhaps they might just go, you can have one stent. It might be like 15 minutes or something. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. God, I'm dreading it. I really am. Never mind. Uh, So we take all your texts and emails. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk Mel B's ban on the nanny has now been extended to five years. She really doesn't like anybody, does she? Does she have any friends? I really worry about that. And Tom Daly's getting married this weekend to Lance. So they're going to get married and I'm sure it'll be... I hope they've sold it to one of the magazines. I think we'd all like to see... You know, everybody's sort of done up. And uh, and I'm sure that Tom Daly, sickening though it might be, uh, probably looks fantastic in a suit and all the... Uh, really, sick was sick and um And Lancer looked good as well. And they appear to be very happy. And the family appear to be very happy with it. It's just a shame his dad's not around because his dad died, as you know. And, uh, and that was the thing. I wonder if he knew. I wonder if he knew. Probably. Probably.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, well, everybody, 12 minutes to uh, five is the time. It's the start of the weekend. And uh, we've had it so amazing, actually, yesterday. We couldn't talk about anything at all. You know, we had, uh, we had sort of the incident going on at the Palace and we didn't know what that announcement was going to be. And then all the front pages were all to do with the election, which, of course, we couldn't talk about. I don't quite understand that. I've, I've never quite got my head around why, you know, in an election, you can't talk about things. What, what, they, are they worried that people... Vincent McIverney, are going to sort of go, ah, Steve Allen votes Tinky Winky, Lala and Poe. Perhaps we should. I think they're worried
3: about any kind of poll influencing the turnout. So either people saying, oh, OK, my side's won, so being complacent, not going out. I think they are worried basically just that it'll stop people in the turnout count. Is that all it is? I think oh. that's it. And it's already been plummeting for, you know, for years. It did go up yes. in 2015 yeah. to uh, 20 uh, to 1997 levels again. But uh, I think that's the main worry about it. It's in funny this that they don't
1: go out. The amount of people I've spoken to over the years, every time we come to an election, be it local elections or, you know, main elections. And they've said, oh, there's no point. It's a foregone conclusion. I said, well, have everybody thought like that? You know, you've got to go out there and vote. And it's not... I wouldn't mind. It's not that far away to go and vote. Most polling stations are practically in the next road. You've only got to go out and put a cross on a piece of paper. But if this is going to be a, a good turnout, then I'm, I'm quite pleased about that. We've got some more results.
3: We do, that's right. Now, Labour have held Port Talbot. Stephen Kinnock is the local MP there, and he's been widely credited with working hard to save the steelworks along with a number of their councillors. Uh, so that was facing closure last year, but at the moment it's still open and they're still working out the deal to keep it going. But it looks like Labour have been rewarded there, so they've kept on another Welsh seat. It's also been pointed out to me that Merthyr Tydfil one of the wards, has actually been delayed till June the 8th, so the same as the election day. Uh-huh. If they win that then they might actually be able to regain control of that council. And that's the one I said was the extremely historic uh, one for them, that it was a real kind of bellwether because that was where uh, Labour's founder, Keir Hardie, was the mp for, and the town's connection to the coal community. So they might be able to keep that one on. Uh, and a, a result from Hampshire, UKIP have lost uh, every councillor there. So it's maintained as Conservative control. But How the Conservatives have? have gone up nine Nine. So they've gone up nine there. Yeah, Liberal Democrats up up uh, three, UKIP down eight, Labour down two, Independents down two. So the new council there is 56 seats Conservative, so very strong majority mm. for them there. So as we're seeing that trend that we're seeing across the country, that UKIP votes seem to be disappearing to the Conservative Party
1: interesting, isn't it? I mean, I find it fascinating that it's sort of, it's it's almost turned around what I've been hearing from people, you know, people saying, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, and then all of a sudden we come to the voting and it, and it turns it on its head again. You can't even predict these things.
3: That's right. And if in the election we see, you know, if it's, uh, if this is played out in the election, it looks like the UKIP will struggle to get any MPs. They've obviously just lost Douglas Carswell who stood down. And they'll also lose MEPs as well when we leave the European Union. So the kind of influence of UKIP may be on the wane and it looks like the Conservatives are soaking up that uh, reservoir of votes at the
1: moment. Because now the votes have been cast, you can't change anything, can you? You can't sort of go back and go, do you want another go at it?
3: Well, we'll see on on June the 8th. We've never had this quick, we've never had a general election uh, period, which no? has got a local election period in it. So that is a kind of real, you know, we can't infer too much from it, because obviously this is only certain parts of the country. Mm. It's very different kinds of uh, of elections. All these different councils, local issues, obviously very much at the fore. But it seems like Theresa May's uh, message has been getting through about strong and stable government. What are these mayors I keep hearing about? I don't think I've followed that. It's the only bit I've
1: not quite understood what it is.
3: So there are six new metro mayors being elected in certain What's cities that? around the country. So basically, it's recreating what we've got here in London with uh, you know with Sadiq Khan. Oh right. So they will have control Uh, so you're up in manchester you've got andy burnham the former health secretary he's running you've got steve rotherham as well for likely to win for labour in liverpool Uh, and you've got people like andy street who's the front runner in birmingham he's the former boss of john lewis he's running for the conservatives there and in the west for sort of the bristol area as well it's now got a two-way race the liberal democrats thought they might have been in with a chance there but it's a two-way race between the conservatives and labour there as well
1: Gosh, it's all so
3: confusing, isn't it? It seems so straightforward when we
1: all sort of settled down last night. So now they're going to be made. Mayor- do they have They have power, do they?
3: They have power and they have financial control as well. So they'll all be allocated a budget. And uh, this is part, part of the uh, ones in the northwest, are part of the Northern Powerhouse program. But obviously for Theresa May, she is sort of thought to have been a critic of the creation of these mayors because mm. she knows that it creates a rival power base. You know, this will be two Labour mayors in the two main cities in the north-west. So whether there'll be an impact on the uh, legacy of George Osborne, which was the Northern Powerhouse project, mm. because they are Labour areas, uh, you know, we'll see. And how how do you get to be
1: standing as as a mayor? Do you have to be proposed by somebody, or can anybody throw their hat into the ring?
3: Independents can run if they want to, but obviously with the, a lot of the main parties are running in these, and then there's a selection process in the party itself. Right. I don't think I'll bother, actually. I'll be asking H.M. Steps whether or not later on he'll be standing
1: in the next election. Thank you very much indeed, Vincent McAvinney. And we'll see in about about, uh, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, Right. Uh, Still to come, as I say, Tom Daly's getting married. Also, three quarters of baby rice products apparently contain arsenic. And the other side of the news, the legacy, that is uh, Prince Philip. I mean, Ritri from gaff-ridden... All over the place. I mean, he's had hundreds of these things. Some of them are funny. I think he's charming. I absolutely love him, so I wasn't at all surprised when they decided yesterday to bring the staff down. The reason they bring the staff down is because some of them will be losing their jobs. There'll be people employed directly by his office who look after his Engagements, He said that he will do them. I mean, he has the full support of the Queen. She said, They're hardly going to issue this. And they said, well, the Queen is not at all happy about this. She said, listen, you know, you, you'll you'll do it till you drop like the rest of us. It's a bit like the Pope, isn't it? The Pope just kept going and going and going. And then eventually the Pope sort of stepped down and we all went, well, that's a bit odd. Never heard of a Pope stepping down. You normally have to lie in the Basilica after you've died for, for sort of days on end. But the the one Pope stepped down. Never been done before, as far as I remember. But uh, I'm glad he stepped down. He's 96. He deserves to get out there. He loves his carriage driving, which we've seen him doing at the Windsor Horse Show year after year after year. And, uh, and I think he can he can probably just... Perhaps he'll take up tapestry or something like that, perhaps repair a few tapestries in the in the palace. I like him. I don't care what anybody says about him. I don't even worry about the mistakes that he makes. I don't worry about the gaffes. I think he's, he's stood by Her Majesty the Queen for the past God knows how many years he's entitled to... St- at 96, can you imagine if they said in this country, right, there's now no retirement age... At 65, uh, there has to be, you know, there has to be a cut-off point. And the cut-off point, I think, for him was, listen, he's had some friends who've passed away. He wants to enjoy what few years he's got left. Who knows how long he's going to go? I mean, I'm hoping for ages and ages. But uh, the papers have given him a, a really good a good bit of publicity. And I think that's nice. He's been there. He knew his place with the Queen. They've got a big family. they are uh, I just think he's charming and i don't care of oh, kevin maguire's written in the mirror today he says i won't be sorry to see the back of you well i i thought he was just being controversial i like him i like him and i think he's been a, he's been a stalwart for her majesty and i think she'll carry on. she's still doing her stuff at 91 but uh, I think it's about time the old boy was allowed to put his feet up, you know, have a wander around the garden. I don't think it was that thing that went up the Thames. Do you remember the flotilla of ships? He was out there in the rain and everything for God knows how many hours. I don't think that helped. And he had a few, a few scrapes. Her Majesty became a little bit ill. But I think, I think they're just, you know, he's pop to them. He's pop. And, uh, and I think they, uh, they just like him. I think they like him, and I like him too. And I think we should all applaud him for everything that he's done. He's a he's a nice a nice old boy. The fact the fact he happens to be a member of a royal family is neither here nor there. It's uh, what he'll do. We don't know. He's going to do a few odd little engagements. Apparently, when I say odd, they won't be peculiar. Not not like meeting H from Steps or something. Uh, but he'll be he'll be doing things that he wants to do, little things. But nothing that's going to exert him. I mean, it must be quite tiring when you get to ninety six. I know at my age, I find. Most things quite tiring. (laughs) Moving is quite tiring. So standing up in chairs. I've actually got in the boot of the car. I haven't used it for ages. I've got a walking stick for the time when I had a bad back. But I haven't used it. I might get it out, actually. I think it gets you more sympathy if you've got a walking stick. Or perhaps a frame. Or perhaps I can get a mobility scooter. I wonder how fast I could get on and off trains in that one. Yes, I could have a Bentley. Uh, I nearly said shopping trolley. (laughs) I always hooking myself up to a shopping trolley. But uh, anyway, uh, also, uh, what else do we have? Uh, Stephanie Pratt on babies and a hunt for a man. Like, you know, I'm sorry, dear, you're really confusing us with people who give us stuff. Um, uh, students cheating. God in heaven, students cheating, ladies and gentlemen. There's a story in the paper today about them cheating with invisible ink. Do you remember that when you were a secret seven spy? Come on. Most of you old enough to remember The Secret Seven and you joined and you got a badge and you had a, a club and you wrote in, in, uh, in secret ink and you could buy it. You could buy invisible ink and you heated it up underneath and then the writing became visible. I used to love it. I to love it. Mind you, I like potty putty. Nobody seems to have potty putty anymore. Uh Geraldine says, Steve, I'm the oldest of six children, all born within seven years of each other. We're all on our 50s now, still very close, and all of our children are very close too. We are blessed. Oh, I like that. Uh, Denny says, have you tried Pellegrino lime with a hint of mint in the green can? No, I've got to find the pineapple one. I've got to find the pineapple one. It's all very exciting. I think we've launched it. Having launched sales of, um... Of Prosecco in this country, and single-handedly I think I take full responsibility for people drinking Prosecco. I'm now going to take full responsibility of San Pellegrino lemon with vodka. We decided the other day, we thought that could, that could actually be quite nice. Steve, says Martin, the white liner, my body clock goes totally mad whenever I work nights. So instead of sleeping, I'm under the headphones. I'm, are you under your headphones? How big are the headphones? Goodness sake. Uh, listening to your in-conversation on YouTube, you are good. I would think that's why I've still hung on to the job. I don't don't think they've let me stick around, you know, just out of a sympathy vote. Well, a couple of them might have done, but I promise you, over the years, I've had to earn my spurs. Thank you very much indeed. News at Five is coming up this morning. It's Friday. You've made it through the week. You only had a short week, though. Come on. And uh, we'll have some clips from this weekend's In Conversation tomorrow, one of whom will be the Hollywood legend that is Kevin Bacon, who came in to talk to me yesterday. We had a really, really good chat. What a nice man. He won't thank me for saying that because he never bothers with interviews, and people say, what a nice person you are. But if you say to him, that film role that you did really moved me, that will endear him to you. So you can imagine how well the interview went, can't you? As you'll hear a little bit uh, later on this morning. So, news at five coming up. Mel B's ban on the nanny extended to five years. The 39-piece skin patch is a lifesaver. Fears for 62 more Premier League stars. 10% of the top players they think are going to be in need of help either soon or certainly within the next six months. Uh, The Beeb fears a huge bill in the Cliff Battle. This one's going to run and run. I think he's back touring in this country very shortly with the Calabro. Looking forward to seeing them as well. And the Russian top columnist says Manchester is full of fat women. Obviously, have never been to Harlow or Hounslow. But uh, there's loads of... But fat people are everywhere. I mean, come on, I'm working with... Anyway, coming up next, it's the news at five. It's a mirror. It's a mirror, all right? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. You don't frighten me, Mr Watters. You don't frighten me. Not on my programme. I've got f- I've got backing on video. <laughs> So we're just—I uh, think a lot of people actually. There's a bit of, there's sort of an air of excitement in the building this morning. I think after you do, see, you know, when you do something historic, like you know, you do a six-hour marathon program, and you sort of, and you see pictures of people that you didn't really expect to see, you know, people that sort of come and you go, oh, that's nice, isn't it? And so this morning, because I think they're all still a bit buzzy, buzzy out there. You're still buzzing after your excitement on the program, Tom. You look as though you're buzzing, don't you, really? That's uh, difficult to tell, really, but this is the one you remember who goes running, you know, he can run. you still running. you still doing all that fitness stuff. you still doing it. So he, he goes running round like Camden in the early hours of the morning. If ever you see him out there, he'll be the one wearing his little tight whiteys. He'll be sort of running round there, looking a bit, you know, fit. I can't do it. I'd love to be able to do it. This, we, we've said this before on the programme. That if you're going to be fit, you know, you just have to keep it up because the moment you don't go is you start... Either put it in your mouth or don't put it in your mouth. All right? Goodness sake, honestly, some people who faff around with bananas, they really do. Honestly, it's just a straightforward thing, isn't it? I used to do a trick with a banana. Actually, I know that seems you do, you do want to know. I could say to somebody, say, that somebody think of a number, say for example any number between one and say six, and I could peel the skin back on a banana and it would be cut into that many pieces. Isn't that clever. Have you ever done that trick? Oh, I'll teach it to you one of these days, Tom. That's a, that's a little party trick there. You can, you can get away with that. People love it at parties. Literally, you, sort of, you take, take the banana, somebody gives you this number, and then you peel back the skin, and the banana is cut into that amount of uh, thing. We did that at school. I thought everybody knew about that. No? No, well, just me again. Another one of my many talents. It's amazing, really, actually. I'm not at all surprised they keep me on here. Apart from novelty value, I'm reasonably inexpensive, and I can keep going for about three hours. Oh, dear. Having heard this story today that apparently a third of us film our own sex romps. Why would you want to be depressed? Why would you want to be depressed about filming it? I mean, and what, what do people do with it? You know, I can understand celebrities do things like that because they're a bit silly and they don't know what's actually going on. So when you see celebrities up on these uh, these Internet sites and there's, some of them are quite well-known people. In fact, over the years, there's been some very famous people, people like Burt Lancaster, for goodness sake, big film star. And uh, and people do it. And now we're told in this survey that a third of us film ourselves when we're doing sex. I mean, I, seriously. I mean, I might have to speak to Lucy Beresford about this because I mean, she's done some odd things in her time. But uh, the filming bit. I mean, I find it very difficult because the I've only got a Polaroid camera, and uh, and it's a little bit difficult because you have to wait for it to, to develop. So by the time you've waited for the blasted photograph to develop, the moment has passed. I mean, frankly, the moment passes for me, the moment you have to take your clothes off. I mean, I'm just not one of these people into that kind of thing. As far as I'm concerned, we should just all not have sex at all, just talk about it. Because that way it's better, because there's bound to be somebody... I always tell people I'm rubbish. I always say to them, I'm really... And then when I turn out to be brilliant, you know, they're always they're always quite surprised. They're also never in the same room when I'm telling them it's at the end of a telephone, so uh, that's always a bit more disappointing. But filming yourself, we've had it over the years, and I've, and I've often thought... Just supposing that you've, I mean, my worst nightmare, of course, is people who want to chain you up to the bed. You know, when somebody says, oh, I've got some handcuffs. Well, well, I'm just sort of thinking because my worst nightmare would be being chained to a bed and then they walk out the room and leave you. And then what do you do? Somebody gave me once, I've told you before, I I was given some chocolate paint for Christmas, body paint. And the idea is you paint it over your body and then somebody licks the, 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 the chocolate off. A week I was in that bedroom. A week. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nobody walked in. Nothing. It was a complete nightmare. So I threw that out. I'm not having anything to do with things that you paint your body with. I thought it was quite novel at the time. I was getting quite excited about the whole thing. But as I say, and then then the chocolate hardens. And that's when it all goes slightly messy. Anyway, coming up on the programme this morning, apart from the fact that our senior reporter at LBC, Vincent McAvinney, will be back in to bring us the, the updated results from around the uh, the country. Conservatives hold Hampshire, as you know, boundary change on that one. And Somerset and... Sorry? Oh, you pushed the wrong... Button? I thought I'd said something wrong then. I thought, boundary change, we're all right, actually. And so the Labour hold uh, Labour hold Newport and neathport Talbot. Uh, Conservatives gain Monmouthshire. Uh, that's from no overall control. So at the moment, in uh, we're looking at uh, the seats in Somerset. Uh, Conservatives 35, Lib Dems 12. Labour dropped down to three seats. UKIP, nothing. They're minus three. Minus three now. It's, it's, it's not looking particularly good. And presumably when all the results come in, as you'll hear on LBC, they'll then have to start... Um, start analysing exactly where things have gone right or where things have gone wrong and capitalise on it just to make sure that they can do it. Because the next time you're going to be doing it, it's big boys' stuff. Very big boys' stuff. And if we get a good turnout for the local elections, I'm hoping that that's an indicator that we're going to have a big turnout for the main election. But the main story in the papers today, because they, uh, they couldn't do anything about it because there'd be nothing to write about, is the uh, the fact that uh, Prince Philip has decided to step down. He's 96 you cannot fail to be impressed by where he gets his stamina from. They've asked various celebrities about uh, Philip and uh, what he's like. I remember seeing in the, um, in the documentary called The Queen's House, I think it is, it bases itself at Windsor, and Philip still goes out driving. Uh, he likes his carriage driving with the horses, which he does, as I say, at the Windsor Horse Show, but he also likes driving his, uh, his Range Rover, I think he's got, and he drives that around all the time. And because it's on their property, I don't think he needs to actually uh, put a seatbelt on. He can do whatever he wants. And he likes that. He's he's very much, you know, he's like a park ranger as well. He does everything. And he's been at her side for ages. He was the one who um, sided with Andrew in the Fergie Gate thing. He's never liked Sarah Ferguson. It, it, it's down on record, I think, because uh, he won't have her at Balmoral uh, for Christmas. Because he just doesn't like her. I think the day that uh, she goes back there, because a short while ago they were trying to do damage limitation over Sarah Ferguson, but unfortunately, I don't think she's liked within the family. I don't know why. Perhaps because of her behaviour. Perhaps because she didn't know how to behave, and um, and she's uh, she just doesn't sort of fit in with them. She's had to rely on Andrew, and I think Philip has probably said to you weak kind of thing. But he was he was there for Diana's funeral. He was there for the Winds Ablaze. Uh, and he's got all these titles. And the Queen has said that uh, he's been my rock for 70 years. And he's been out there. He's has made some gaffes. I mean, at one time, I think he was being photographed in 2015. And he, he used the foot word. He used the foot word. He said, uh, get on and take the impro- uh, photograph. And uh, on a visit to Canada, he said, I declare this thing open, whatever it is that was just, and of course they all get printed don't they and uh, on the duke of yorks house in 1986 he says looks like a tart's bedroom i'm tempted to say how would he know but and uh, to a to a scots driving instructor in 1995 he says how do you keep the natives off the booze long enough to pass the test and that's the sort of thing he would say it was um, and then on a jubilee visit, he's alleged to have said to a lady, I would get arrested if I unzipped that dress. I think because, and then he did um, an interview with somebody. Who's the woman who does the antiques roadshow thing? Fiona, is it Fiona Bruce? I think she did an interview. It was a disaster, a total disaster. She didn't know how to play him at all. And he wiped the floor with her. He doesn't suffer fools gladly. And uh, she was doing a bit of mild flirting, a little bit like um, Selena Scott did with Prince Andrew when she was covering the Wogan show and she was simpering up to him. And we all went, no, don't, don't. You don't need to do it. But uh, she did. And um, and I think Fiona Bruce tried it with Prince Philip and he was having none of it. Absolutely none of it. And so, you know, she was doing a so coy, coy little, you know, cross legs kind of thing. And it didn't it didn't work at all that. Uh, I like him. I like him, and it'll be a sad day when he's not there for the royal family to keep them all together. Um, as I say, he's what he eats. I've got no idea. They seem to remain remarkably thin, remarkably thin. I mean, the Queen is uh, sort of you know when he was when he was at Lords the other day, he marched down the steps as if he was going into bat. It's ninety five. You know that's why it's nice. I mean, you know, royal modernizer. Goes through palace like a whirlwind. You know, and people have said about it before. OK, so occasionally he says something that we go, ooh, I wouldn't have said that. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Because it's Prince Philip. And we know that the Queen absolutely adores him. And uh, and the best way to keeping a marriage together is, come on, the answer is, the best way of keeping a marriage together, separate bedrooms. Separate bedrooms. Seriously, no, I mean, that way you get a good night's sleep. You can see them in the morning. See them after, you know, you've had a shower, brushed your teeth, you know, put your freshly iron clothes on but you don't have to spend the night with somebody every single oh all for that be I should imagine he's probably tossing and turning in that bed like there's no tomorrow and she might snore as well so in fact that's the thing that means separate bedrooms it does work I promise you separate bedrooms and uh, and that way everybody uh, everybody gets a very good night's sleep and is fairly happy about the whole thing and I think that's what actually keeps them going June says, I agree with you. I like the Duke of Edinburgh. We're lucky to have him with the Queen and he deserves a rest. The Queen will never abdicate. No, that was the thing that we were talking about yesterday. We said, do you think the Queen's going to abdicate? And I said, listen, there is no chance that the Queen will ever abdicate. She said 1947, she was going to be there for, for life and she means life. She will keep going until she drops because she's uh, like that. Uh, Steve, don't don't uh, panic. The angioplasty will be done through the wrist. I've got. So, no, I'm not having the stents done this time, Pat. I'm having. I've already got stents. I'm. Uh, I'm having this stress test, and I've got to take two tablets. I, I was going to read it to you, but I thought there's no point in depressing you if I'm depressing myself about it. Um, I think you should do an in conversation with Prince Philip, says Jim. <laughs> I think that'd be fantastic. Although uh, it, he wouldn't come here, uh, we'd um, we'd have to go there. And I'm never do a good interview. If I'm out of office. You have a trip to, even so, it just doesn't work for me. I've done interviews in theatres. I've done interviews in dressing rooms. I've done interviews just about everywhere. And they only work when I'm on home territory, home base here. It's the only time it ever works. Because I, normally, if I've, when I've done them in a theatre with a couple of big stars, which we've had to do because uh, they were doing all their interviews in the theatre, the interviews turn out to be about 15 minutes long. Well, 15 minutes is useless for me. I need the 20 minutes, I need sort of a long, a long interview. I just can't do anything else. The only time we did get 15 minutes uh, interview, we had to pad it out with something else. It just doesn't sound right. And so, oh my goodness what on earth is that? It's a picture of somebody here. You might know who this is. Uh, She's called Ariel Winter. She's a a modern family actress. Um, I've got no idea, but it's obviously an American comedy. Uh, she revealed she was called fat and ugly when she took the role of Alex Dunphy when she was aged eleven. She is wearing—I mean, I don't know what she's wearing. Oh, she's just a voice actress. They—they they call them in America. They call them voice actresses. But she's wearing an outfit here. It's just showing her boobs off. It's very unnecessary. Have you, did I show you that picture? That one there. That's not nice, is it? Looks like she's wearing sort of. A badly made pair of curtains, whether you were called fat or whatever. I mean, goodness, those people have called me fat and bald for years. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I couldn't care less about things like that. But uh, this outfit she's wearing in the paper today, woo, just not nice. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Back to the local elections. The excitement builds. Well, we're not sure if it's building, actually. It seems to be, it seems to be going definitely the Conservatives' way at the moment. LBC senior reporter Vincent McAvenney's with us.
3: So, do we have anything new? That's right, we do. The Conservatives have gained control of Monmouthshire. No. So, they've taken it from no overall control, winning 22 what of does the that 43 seats. Can you just seats explain so that far. to me because I'm so, ignorant. So, No overall control is where no one party has a majority on the local council. So, the Conservatives have got 22 of the 43 seats that have called so far in these divisions, which means that they automatically have a majority there. So, it's the same kind of principle as the That was where the House of was, wasn't it was yes, when he dated the cheeky girl. Oh, bless him! Where is he now?
1: He's getting married, isn't he? Did I see something about there was something in the paper? that He was getting married because he's tried everything. He's, he's tried, you know, being a being sort of somebody who sort of understands politics to being a comedian. I think he tried being a singer, and he tried sort of being a, a minus- pro wrestling that time. Oh, I didn't see that bit. He's done pro wrestling. I think he did a wrestling match, yeah. Yes, apparently he has hidden talents, I'm told, but uh, we just haven't seen them as yet, but I'm sure we will. But he did go out with a cheeky girl, and he went out with Sian Lloyd, the weather girl. In fact, he's been out with quite a few high profile people. But. uh there you go that's that's the interesting world of politics for you so so
3: still in Wales Labour have lost control of Bridgend to no overall control Uh, so it's sort of at the moment bad news it seems for Labour in those sort of valleys country seats but they still seem to be doing all right uh, from sort of what we're seeing so far in cities like uh, Cardiff Uh, and they're holding up well in Swansea as well from the results we still haven't got the full result in but it looks like they're doing okay in those two places and you're asking earlier about the turnout in certain areas so yeah. we've actually got now the turnout for the greater manchester mayoral election this is the one that uh, andy burnham is the favorite in the turnout was only 28.9 percent which God. is uh, quite remarkable Pitical. yeah that is very <laughs> very very That's low terrible what can we do in in
1: australia they get fined if they don't go out and vote there's a fine for this. Why can't we introduce that here? Get people out and voting. I mean, it takes but two minutes.
3: They also get a day off to vote as well. Yes. And some countries, like France, on the weekend will have their votes on Sunday as well to try and encourage voter turnout.
1: turnouts. 28.7%? But that is appalling.
3: Hardly worth bothering, is it really? Exactly. Well, that would be the question now. Does he really have a mandate? No. Well,
1: not based on that, I don't think. OK. Anything else?
3: Uh, No, in the next few hours, we're still expecting the Welsh seat, Swansea, Wrexham, uh, to come through and Cardiff as well. And uh, we're waiting for the final round in that West of England mayoral election. Uh, The Tories at the moment are 10,000 votes ahead, uh, but uh, the sort of left votes were likely to be reallocated against them. So it's now a head to head there between uh, Labour and the Conservatives. But the pattern, as we've been saying, seems to be that UKIP's vote has collapsed. They still haven't won a seat. And those votes are going now to Theresa May. So they're not going back to the Labour Party. It's Labour seems to have lost in the past few years a lot of votes to UKIP. And it seems like those votes are now going then on to the Conservative Party, Theresa May, in for quite a pleasant wake up this morning.
1: Unbelievable, isn't it? I should imagine she's awake already, probably glued to this programme. Morning, Theresa. You know, just in case, you know. Get a lot of famous people who listen to this program. H from Steps is one of our most famous people, but uh, not all the time. Not all the time. Where's the nearest place to London that we're waiting on? Because I don't. Because we we didn't because we don't have our relations. But when wh- where is the nearest place to us? Um, I would say Hampshire, 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 Essex? Hampshire? Essex, 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 yeah, Essex. something like that. Yeah. So interesting, but it's, it's it's really turning out. As I say, she will be waking up if she's not awake already. I should imagine she'll be kept well informed of this. She'll be going. It's obviously working, isn't it? Whatever they're doing, they're doing it well. I never thought I'd be, you know, saying or hearing anybody say that uh, Wales was turning over the way it is. I mean, that, I thought, was sort of... Especially in those rural areas, the ones we've been talking about
3: are ones that were, you know, in their legacy in the 1980s when there was a female Conservative leader. These are the coal areas, you know, places like Merthyr Tydfil that Mm. we've already talked about and uh, and Blanagwent. Those are places where you wouldn't think Mm. that they would go Conservative, but it seems... That is how it's played out overnight. Interesting.
1: Uh, Vincent's with us until uh, six this morning, or it's about ten to six, as I said. We'll let you off for for good behaviour. So we'll we'll talk to you one more time just before uh, six, if that's okay with you. Thank very much indeed. LBC senior reporter Vincent uh, McIverney. Other stories in the, the papers for today, uh, apart from this story about the Premier League players, they think there's a lot of Premier League players who are going to start emerging. They reckon 62. They've isolated. They think, uh, they think 62 people who are going to have emotional problems. Um, and it's, I don't know where they're getting them from. Because they raised the question in the paper the other day, which we did question. Uh, They put down this particular uh, player's uh, wages per week. What that's got to do with it, I've got no idea. But uh, they they shouldn't really be having any problems. They're doing something they love doing, which is kicking a football around. They get huge amounts of money for doing it. They all drive lovely cars. Well, 90% of them drive lovely cars. I mean, the money involved is phenomenal. If you knew what these people get, you know, in terms of sponsorship and, you know, what their homes are worth. I don't know who would be the richest footballer, but there's probably got to be a I mean, list of them, I should imagine, which were really, uh, really amazing. Uh, also, uh, some tourists moaning about the fact that uh, Madeleine McCann ruined their holiday to Prior de Luches because uh, that's all the people are concentrating on over there. I mean, it seems a bit mealy-mouthed, but there you go. Uh, Tom Daly, as I say, is getting uh, getting married. Uh, Fern McCann, who's pregnant, seems not really the best thing to do when you're sort of trying to launch a career, but <laughs> what am I to, to tell you about things like that? Didn't, I suppose, do a few other people any harm? Uh, Kerry Cope Toner. Uh, And the like, but she ventures out. This is after she got pregnant by this uh, man. Why these people are not having protected sex, I've got no idea. So perhaps she deliberately wanted to become pregnant. Either way, uh, they'll be probably doing pictures of the baby and they'll be selling stories and it'll, well, she'll be doing it by herself. But uh, obviously not as strong as we're told. It's funny, though, actually, because when I saw her, she looked perfectly strong to me. But obviously, things affect people quite differently. Uh, talking of things affecting, here's poor old Lewis Hamilton making a right Grand Prix of himself uh, as he went out the other day in another bizarre outfit. I don't know where he gets this stump from. I mean, it's just... he it looks ridiculous. The three-time Formula One world champion has a grim track record for dodgy gear. And this wacky ensemble ensured he looked the pits again as he paired a Puma windbreaker with two short bottoms and mirror shades. He was heading out for a kickboxing class. He previously wore a shiny pink jacket uh, at 2016 Paris Fashion Week and an odd blue baseball top with matching hat in Venice. He also wore a velour jacket with model pal Winnie Harlow at last year's Harper's Bazaar party. I mean, he wears the funniest thing. When he was in Paris in January, I don't know what he was wearing. But the trouble is, with him, it just looks odd. I mean, the outfit he was wearing the other day, when he was visiting uh, a radio station, it just, it was the worst outfit I'd ever seen. But the pink jacket was about the campus thing anybody'd ever seen. Very odd. I don't know where he's getting these clothes from or why somebody's persuaded him that he looks good in them because, quite simply, he doesn't. He really doesn't look good. Uh, Tom Daly will marry uh, this weekend. I don't know where. I don't know where. I'm just having a, a think. Actually, uh, having a quick scan through this uh, this article, um, and we just know. We just know, No. 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 Where is it? it in 19 months after they got engaged, they're going to get uh, married in front of the uh, front of the family. So um, it's good. I'm sure you know the uh, the public love Tom Daly. They love Tom Daley. They do anything. They don't care. Tom Daley could, you know, sort of have the worst misdemeanours ever and the public would still absolutely love him. Uh, Harry Styles, his pal, is apparently Sir Paul McCartney. Music fans are up in arms about the One Direction's uh, singer's single, Sweet Creature, because it's similarities to Macca's Beatle classic, Blackbird. They believe the guitar intro is much the same as the Fab Four's riff. The claim come weeks after this particular column told how Harry's song ever since New York was seen to mimic 70s rock band Badfinger. Uh, Their hit was called Baby Blue. A source said of Harry, he's only put out three songs so far and two have been compared heavily to very famous tracks. How does Harry blatantly rip off Blackbird and think nobody will notice? Interesting. Last year, Macker interviewed Harry for a pretentious magazine as part of his solo launch. I've said you a follow-up chat... I don't know, I haven't heard it, but I do know... I worked for a radio station once where some bloke put this piece of music together showing you the similarities between all of these uh, different songs uh, and saying, look at this one here, this is so-and-so, so-and-so, and, um, and, uh, and doesn't and it sound quite a lot like this? <laughs> the answer was it sounded almost identical. Almost identical. But, uh, I'm sure that Harry will... Because he's decided that he's going to overlook the acting business, and he wants to go into singing full-time. Very unwise. It's a very fickle world out there for singers. Very, very fickle world, as anybody will uh, will tell you. Uh, also, um, what else we got here? A college lad died in a streak because he'd taken LSD. He died of head injuries. He was found at the foot of stairs. What is it with people who still take drugs? You've got no idea what's inside anything, and, and yet people will happily put it in their mouth. I really can't understand it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's amazing, we look at these figures. Overall, England, Conservatives 366 seats, that's up 104. Uh, Lib Dems down 11, 89. Labour 60, down 39. Green Party 10, up 5. UKIP 0, down 42, and NOC, other 33, which is down 17. But look at that huge gap, though, that huge gap. Over in uh, in Wales, Labour 170, that's down 46. Conservative 63, up 20. Plaid Cymru, is it, is, it is still Plaid Cymru, isn't it? Uh, 21, which is up 10. Lib Dems 14. Minus four, UKIP zero, that's down one. And NOC stroke, other 98, which is up 20. Pardon me, 21. So it's interesting when you look at those figures, isn't it? And Scotland's counted later, as I've explained to you. We'll have one more hit with, uh, with Vincent, because he's been here all night, poor soul. He's got to that stage now. Nothing worse, you're coming in the dark and you go home when it's light. It's terrible. Um, Steve says, Simon, I'm a night bus driver, and most of the time when I finished work in the morning, I catch your show and uh, I look forward to it. He says, you're very entertaining. Yeah, I'd like to think so. We don't sort of blow the trumpet too loudly, actually. We just like to... We stay under the parapet, which is what we be quite nice. He says, "Uh, I'm your favourite bus driver now. Yeah, so you say. You have to earn the spurs for that one. Uh, Top places for flash photography. It's a load of people who take their clothes off, you know, in famous places. Grand Canyon, uh, the Hollywood sign, all sorts of things. People are obsessed with taking our clothes off. What is going on with the world? Why all of a sudden everybody wants to start taking clothes off? Uh, There is the... Sad story, but happy story. Happy for the person involved. And uh, this is uh, a guy called uh, Nigel. Nigel Kasson was 62. And uh, he ended his life at Dignitas after joking in a farewell Facebook message, I've been dying to post this. The message was posted by his wife, Julie. And uh, uh, he wrote, I have had to go to Dignitas in Zurich to end my life. I wanted to die while I'm happy and can still smile and not be controlled by this wicked disease. He's got motor neurons and we know all about motor neurons on this programme. He said, I wanted to die with dignity instead of being tortured. It is such a shame the laws of this country prevent me from doing this in my home. He said, I've been dying to post this. Uh, Ha 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 ha. Thank you and goodbye and he, he gave some kisses as well. So he had uh, his last two days with his family and, uh, and then the fatal dose was administered. So he says it gives me great joy today that I found the one and only cure for MND. But it is with great sadness. It means I have to go to Dignitas. But uh, that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want to get to that stage where you know he couldn't smile and he couldn't do anything at all so he went while he was happy and uh, you have to you have to pay for this I've explained before we've had people writing in saying who pays for this you pay for it you pay for it the person who is who is going to die their family pay or they pay it's quite a few thousand pounds and uh, and it's a very unremarkable place and uh, I think you go there and they give you this... You have to administer yourself. I think that's the whole thing about it. They can't administer for you. You have to be in a fit state to administer this drug yourself. And then it's like the one in America that they use. It sends you to sleep and then you it stops your heart. And you go. And then people... You know, that's that's what makes him happy. He doesn't want to be in a motorised wheelchair. He doesn't want to, to go through it. Some people are good. Some people want to do things like that. And and sort of, you know, they just don't want to uh, to leave this world. Because nobody wants to leave it if you're having a nice time. But he wanted to leave while he could still smile. And so he's uh, he was dying to post that goodbye. And they've got a lovely picture of him. And I'm sure his family will be absolutely thrilled that they've got such great... Memories, and it was obviously something that they talked over time and time again. Because it's you don't do things like that lightly, do you? You have to uh, you have to sort of discuss things with people and see how everybody else feels about it. And then people have got memories. I spoke to my driver this morning. His uncle, I think, uh, died. Uh, He was ill. He told me last time round, and he just died. He was only fifty six. You know, ridiculously early age, isn't it? Uh, Always raising a smile. This is uh, Kate. This is. Kate okay, Carraway, apparently she celebrated her birthday yesterday, fiftieth birthday, fiftieth birthday, and um, she was there. She spent the morning in the company of Piers Morgan, Ben Shepherd, and Susanna Reid. They seem to be sort of getting into their stride on that program. I think though it is it is partly due to Piers because people hate him so much, but of course they can't get enough of him. You suddenly work out that quite quickly that the uh, he, he's really bad at things and he knows how to uh, how to click people you know, and to sort of get them going about something. And then he just steps back and waits for the, for the onslaught. It's always good, always very entertaining. More for the papers a bit later on. And don't forget, in, uh, in about uh, 45 minutes, we'll have a couple of clips of the guests for In Conversation this week. They're also complaining, one of the columnists today, about maternity clothes. All the ladies who were pregnant. At one time, people went out in these outfits. And there's always a picture of a lady there with her hand on her back. Oh, my back. Absolutely killed you because all of a sudden you've got all this weight coming out in the front. So you spend a lot of time leaning backwards or leaning up against something. And um, and they're saying now that when you see people in maternity clothes, they're generally skin tight, skin tight maternity clothes. and, um, And and people, you know, and they're in high heels. Thought the whole idea was, you know, that you have to sort of go for frumpy clothing. But they've gone, no, 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 no. We're not going to be, uh, we're not going to be compromising on the old-fashioned stakes. Thank you very much, indeed. Uh, pregnant we might be, but uh, we're still going to go out there and wear the clothes that we would wear anywhere else, anywhere else. Prince Philip quitting the uh, the uh, the royal role, signing off with a smile, and uh, who will be stepping up to the mark? Well, it'll be uh, the boys. And Kate and Her Majesty will still be out, uh, out doing things, but he was the president of so many of these charities. There was seriously like eight hundred of them, I think seven hundred eighty-five. He's also got, of course, the Duke of Edinburgh's Award. I mean, you know, he's, he's he's got a lot to be very thankful for, and we have as well, I suppose. He's always been there. He makes his his mistakes, but there again, wouldn't be human if you didn't make mistakes, would you? And uh, the Queen describes him as my strength and my stay. And uh, when they met. He was the good-looking but broke Greek boy. And uh, and she was destined to be Queen of England. She got to be Queen of England and um, and she married her uh, her beau. Although, as I say, Kevin Maguire, the Mirror's associate editor, says, Bye-bye, Phil. I, for one, will not miss you. I should imagine he could be fairly difficult, but I quite like that. I do quite like that. I think that's uh, a sort of... It's, it's, there's something about him. It's quite nice. The Russian columnist is in the paper today. And um, her name is Ailsa Titko. And Ailsa uh, Titko is uh, accused Manchester of being full of a city of fat people and gay debauchery. Ah, you like the old gays, don't you, Miss Titko? You, uh, I bet you really do, actually. Unless you're as homophobic as we think you are. In which case, boo, boo, boo you. And uh, the one visitor is quoted as saying, their women are so fat they look disgusting to their men. I don't know. We, 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 we mainly think Russian women just drink. They have to drink, you know, but, uh, but she's a columnist and uh, she works for, uh, for a Pravda magazine. She says, local young women don't mind when fat hangs down from their stomach. When they go to a club, they put on tight leggings and mini dresses. It's hardly possible that men turn gay because w- girls are too fat and non-sexual, but it can influence it too. She's thick as well as stupid. <laughs> she thinks that's what it is. And uh, Pravda... It's sort of a Russian broadsheet paper. It's the newspaper of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Uh, one of the most influential papers. A circulation of about 11 million. But uh, after the dissolution in ninety one, Pravda was sold off by Russian President Boris Yeltsin to a Greek business uh, family. And the paper came back under control of their private company, Pravda International. And uh, they've sort of split people up. The Communist Party of the Russian Federation acquiring the Pravda paper, while some of the original Pravda journalists separated to form Russia's first Online paper and the first online English paper. So the Pravda paper is today run by the Communist Party of the Russian Federation. Used to be known as Stalin's propaganda. But she writes stuff like that. I mean, you know, you sort of think to yourself, perhaps you're a bit backwards. You know, so she now thinks that because there are fat women out there, that's why there are gay men in Manchester. Hmm. Of course, you know, Russia doesn't have any gay people at all. Well, it doesn't in Chechnya. Chechnya is not maybe, the, the place to go if you're gay. And, uh, and she complained of posters showing Batman kissing Superman. Her views echo Moscow's striking intolerance to homosexuals. And Kamamud reports that gay Chechen men were tortured and killed in concentration camps. She's told readers the fact there are more and more people with non-traditional sexual orientation in Russia was because their mothers did not beat them enough when they were kids. Oh, God, she's a real dimbo, isn't she? You poor old soul, love. You are in the backward dark ages, aren't you? But uh, Amanda Kalia says, I love... My city, in my book, The Russian Claiming Our Women Are Fat Beer Drinkers, must have had too much Boddingtons herself. Well, she's obviously trying to make a name for herself, isn't she, really? But, uh, no, nothing to write home about, I'm afraid. Just another little journalist trying to make her mark. But uh, that's great, as long as you think that, you know, Manchester's full of fat women, and that's why there are gay people up there, and it's debauchery and all this kind of thing. This shows what a shallow, narrow-minded little nobody you really are. Sorry, did I make myself clear on that one? I just wanted to make sure that we got the point over there. I see that. You know, I mean, when we read the other day, Chechnya, families who had gay sons were urged to kill them. In Chechnya, how backward are these people? Well, they're all like her. They're very, very backwards. Uh, some may think my life ending... Uh, is the easy way out. But it's not easy to leave your loving family and friends. I've been dying to post this. This is the man we talked about a moment ago, Nigel. And they've got lovely pictures of him and uh, with his family. Difficult, 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 difficult decision. But you don't take something like that lightly. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want the pain. He didn't want anything else. He wanted to go while he was, you know, still able to do it. He can't do it in this country. He can only do it uh, abroad. And so that's exactly what he uh, did uh, the Slimmer, who's, uh, who's had an operation, uh, well, it's a, well, she had an operation uh, to take a picture of what she used to look like. She was huge. She was huge. And uh, she was only 29. She weighed 24 stone. So she's lost 11 stone. I don't know how people do it. Seriously. I mean, I'm always in admiration of people who do the running and the jumping and the fitness and the marathons and the losing of the weight and going on a diet because I know it's for life. And yet, unfortunately, I like things. I like things too much. Uh, we'll have one more hit, shall we, with Mr uh, Mister McIverney in a moment because uh, we think it's it's more good news for the Conservatives. It seems to be going, Theresa. If you're just waking up, Theresa, you will be pleased when we'll hear the roundup in a moment, which we've got for you. Uh, also, the con man who sells fake Ed Sheeran tickets to a a girl who's a teenager and she's got cancer. Uh, the gig is on her bucket list, but we know how good Ed Sheeran is. I think he's the modern day George Michael. I think he's the modern day George Michael. I think there's one of his songs that they're playing on one of pfft, it's cold in here. Uh, one of our sister stations, and um, and it's so good. It's sort of it's um, it's uh, a sort of a um, a river dance kind of a song. Is this the air con turning itself down? All of a sudden, it was like, you know, when I mentioned George Michael, all of a sudden the temperature plummeted. It's so cold in here. So it's uh, at 5.30, it turns itself down by two degrees. Very odd, isn't it? I wonder why it does that. I mean, so all of a sudden, it, it's quite noticeable. It's like sort of this sort of just all over you, just like that. But uh, I've, I've tried to do it. I've, I've tried to make it go up. But it doesn't... Uh, it won't Won't do it. There you go.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Still to come, the con man selling the fake Ed Sheeran tickets to the teenage cancer girl who comes to the rescue, Ed Sheeran. The man, as I say, is the modern day George Michael, who's such a generous person but never told anybody about it. Uh, he liked to keep things fairly quiet. Ed Sheeran, though, just appears to be very generous and does nice things, which uh, we always applaud. Talk about doing nice things. LBC senior reporter Vincent McAvini is back with us. We're ploughing through the results. They're slow. Scotland, they're not going to come through till. Tomorrow we think is it
3: till they'll start counting at nine o'clock. So right. we should get them in the early afternoon. We're entering a bit of a lull period now, yes. uh, where we'll kind of just get a few results, and then again later on in the day we'll start to get more. You think they
1: want to get them done as quickly as possible so they could go home to bed? But they also want to go home to bed and then come back again. So what do they do? them I and just leave them in there, do they? The- they'll
3: be transporting them to them. Some of these areas in Scotland, as I said earlier, right. are quite big, so they've got to bring them on boats and things like that. So they'll be transporting to them, but then the counters will be in bed, but getting up soon to start that right.
1: count. So I would think if you have just woken up, you'd be a bit, oh, I don't oh, you know, you just get to make up the numbers because you're tired, aren't you? I like the idea of them coming in on boats. It sounds like an old British movie, doesn't it? <laughs> coming in on boats, all these boxes, that Dunkirk spirit that we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, it all seems to be uh, flowing uh, into the Tory camp at the moment. Any changes there?
3: That's right. We've just, uh, we think, had the result for the West of England mayor, and it looks like the Conservative candidate, Tim Bowles, has won that. Uh, so that is to be mayor of sort of the city of Bristol, Bath, North East Somerset, and South Gloucestershire area. So that in the is an area that the Lib Dems were hoping to make ground on, but they didn't even get into the final two. It was Labour versus the Conservatives. Uh, and so this calls into question their whole strategy of being the kind of anti-Brexit party calling for mm-hmm. a second referendum, place like Bristol and the southwest, are you know there used to be a stronghold for them up until the last general election uh, so they will be needing to review their strategy and the last result we've had so far is that Labour have uh, lost Bridge End so it's a difficult night uh, for Labour in Wales uh, but we're still awaiting a number of results so we're waiting Swansea, Wrexham, Vale of Glamorgan, uh, Cardiff, and Northumberland those will come in in the next uh, sort of two, three hours Hours or so, and then, as I said, there'll be a lull until this afternoon when the rest of the counts get underway.
1: Right, and then will that be finished? Will, it, will they finish this afternoon, or there's still?
3: There should be finished this afternoon. Yeah, right. there's one seat that I mentioned earlier on, uh, which is uh, Mirth Tidville, where one we thought it had Labour had lost, but one of the districts is being delayed until the eighth of June. So it might be that's obviously the election, general election day. So it might yeah. be if Labour win that district, that they still maintain control of that council.
1: But we don't see the trend at the moment swinging towards Conservatives changing.
3: We don't know. It seems like UKIP still haven't been able to win a seat. It seems like the Conservatives are mopping up those votes all over the country. So Theresa May, no doubt, she'll be out campaigning today on the general election. She'll have a spring in her step, Uh, a difficult morning for Labour around the country. But they do have those mayoral results coming through. Uh, They already know that Ross Jones has won in Doncaster, uh, and they've got Andy Burnham uh, up in Manchester and Steve Rotherham in Liverpool as well, who are likely to win later on. So a difficult night for Labour. It looks like their losses in council seats will be in the hundreds for Jeremy Corbyn.
1: Ooh, uh, as they say. Vincent, thank you so much. You can uh, you can go now because now that we, we go to this lull period. So uh, now is a chance to get to sleep.
3: More hate bashing.
1: Please, I never call it bashing. Never call it bashing. Just polite comment, I think. You're obviously a huge fan, I can tell. (laughs) I bet you probably got the CD in the car. Definitely do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. S-Club all the way. Oh, right. (laughs) Ain't no party like an S-Club party. LBC senior reporter Vincent McEavenny, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And uh, as I say, we'll be talking to Vincent on Monday when he'll be over in Paris. Gosh, I've not been to Paris for ages. At a price. Is it yeah, Paris, isn't it? And we do that Monday morning. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, the con man selling the fake Ed Sheeran tickets to the teenage cancer girl is in all the papers. This was on her bucket list. She had it on the bucket list. She wanted to go and see Ed Sheeran. And so they bought, uh, bought tickets. Uh, this is uh, Dion Yates. And uh, the life-saving surgery she had was cancelled in March after they found a new tumour. And so what they uh, have done is her mum, Kerry has not given up hope, but says Dion put together the bucket list and wanted, she wanted to see Ed Sheeran. So uh, Kerry, who comes from Lossiemouth uh, in Moray, took Dion and sister JC on a 1,200-mile round trip from Scotland to the O2 after paying £600 for tickets on Gumtree. £600. Oh, dear. But they were refused entry because the tickets were forgeries. Isn't that important? I mean, you know, to be, to be fair and to be honest and to say, oh, I've looked at both sides of it, you know, you're not to know if you sell somebody tickets that they're undergoing cancer surgery. You don't know that kind of thing. But uh, the con man had cashed in on her cancer. She said, uh, when he found out from us that Dion is terminally ill and we're completing her bucket list, he said he could get VIP tickets if we oh, did know. We oh, did know if we paid a bit extra. The sick con man even sent a message after he got his money telling Dion he hoped she, she would make some special memories. Oh, dear, that's awful, isn't it? Anyway, a firm has now donated two tickets to see Ed and, um, and uh, they've also offered them a VIP experience. You wait till Ed Sheeran hears about this one. I think they should get that con man. should be thrown into prison. Ripped her off, these people. They just don't care, do they? They've got no shame about anything at all. Apparently you get strong by swearing. Expect after the news at six a whole load of filth and uh, (laughs) dreadful words emanating from Steve Allen's mouth because apparently it makes you strong. Apparently it's good for sports people. Well, I don't know. I did sport. Yes, I did sport. We start querying things. And I um, I, I, I thought it was reasonably good. I didn't swear doing it. But apparently it's a way of sort of getting rid of tension. And uh, and they they say it, it, it kind of works. I've never actually tried it because I'm not that sort of person. I do swear, though. I'm a terrible swearer. I am ob- seriously. I'm a very bad swearer. I know. You'd never guess. Honestly, you look at me and you go, "Butter wouldn't melt, Stephen." And uh, then you, go, oh, goodness I me, mean, where did those words come from? I'd love to do an entire program swearing. Actually, I'm told that Princess Margaret swore like a trooper, like it. But of course, when one is sort of talking in little clips, you know, when one says a rude word, it's it's sort of a, it's it's quite funny, isn't it? It's not funny if it's somebody from Benefit Street, because you you can't imagine anybody else doing it. Actually, there's somebody from Benefit Street just been caught shoplifting. And the reason they were caught is because they were recognised from Benefit Street. And this woman stole about £120 worth of food. Why? Because uh, they've cut back on her benefits, so she thieves. Well, luckily, she got caught. And uh, she says, oh, because they actually cut my money. Like, that's the excuse nowadays. What, she still think you'll go out there and thieve something? Why don't you get off your fat bottom and get out there and do a job like the rest of us? You know, everybody enjoys work. Well, you should enjoy work. If you don't enjoy working, you're definitely doing the wrong thing. And uh, are you one of those people who exists on their credit cards? I see people all the time using credit cards. I always think it's false economy. I always think it's false economy, but that's only because I've become more a saver of late than a, than a spender. I do spend, don't get me wrong. You know, I bought me San Pellegrino the other day. I mean, come on, you know, case of that and some other little bits and pieces and Prosecco. But uh, but I don't, I don't think I waste the money and I don't want to put it on credit cards. I really don't. I know a lot of people listening will use it because they say it's the only way you get through the end of the month. You know, you have to put things on, on credit card. I mean, it's like, you know, when you leave home for the first time, you suddenly realise that all the things you took from granted, you've got to buy. Unless you're mummy and daddy, a uh, bank of mum and dad, and they go and buy stuff for you. You've got to buy everything. I've completely forgotten about that. I thought it just arrived into the bathroom and in the kitchen. But no, it doesn't. So you have to start asking for stuff for Christmas, like can I have a set of pots and pans or a slow cooker or, or a, a toaster or something. It's just anything. But uh, people put it on credit card. And so, pardon me. So credit card debt has now hit a record high. It is now owed in this country, credit card debt, us Brits owe £1.5 trillion. 1. Po- I can't believe that's right, is it really? £1.529 trillion in personal debt. Wow. I wonder if that includes mortgages. If it includes mortgages, it's not so bad. But if it's just, you know, using, you know, your credit card for buying things that you can have it now and not have to wait till you've saved up the money, well then, fair enough. But uh, if it's not mortgages, my God, you're spending some money Trillion, over a trillion. That is just unreal, isn't it? Because we're always being told, aren't we? Why wait till tomorrow? You can have it today. Why wait till tomorrow for any of these things? Like going in, you know, and sort of buying petrol or something like that. And they go, "Ah, pay for it tomorrow. Pay for it tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. And so that's what we do. We do put stuff on credit cards because it's easy. You tend to forget, don't you? When you put it on a credit card, you don't sort of think, oh, that's gone on a credit card. It's just It's just numbers that come through on a statement. That's what it is for me. It comes through on a statement, and I, I never look at it. I seriously never look at it, because I know that I don't use the credit card. I don't use it. In fact, actually, I should start checking it, just in case somebody's sort of hacked into it, but very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Uh, there's also the story of um, of uh, Mr Hatton. This is Ricky Hatton, the boxer. He was in a bar the other night, and some people went past on a on a scooter and fired fired shots into the bar. I mean, how how dangerous is that? Uh, whether or not it was anything to do with him, we are not at all sure, but it's uh, it's a very very difficult situation when somebody drives past and they've got you know a shotgun and you don't really know uh who they're aiming at. And in this particular case, uh he just happened to be in the bar. And these people uh, then blasted. So the police are looking out for them at the moment. That's the that's the problem with these sort of things. We're seeing more of these. We're seeing more of knife crime. We're seeing more of what did we have the other day on the program? Police asking for scanners in school um, because they were worried about kids taking knives into schools. And I thought, good grief! I don't. I mean, in my day, you did take a knife into uh, into school, but it was um, it was one of those. Um, what do they call them a pen knife which has got all the different a Swiss army knife and people took a Swiss army knife in there but we didn't actually do anything with it you know there was there, there, there was no sort of attacking people with it if anything you sort of carved your, your initials in the top of the desk and that was about as dangerous as it ever got i don't think anybody ever ever threatened anyway uh, somebody says if bloody is a swear word you used it repeatedly the other morning you see now this is the big argument isn't it is bloody a swear word? Is it, you know, an, uh, would would blast be a swear word? Damn, would that be a swear word? Damn and blast? But bloody, could, I think bloody would be considered a mild swear word. As long as it's in context, you know, I think, I mean, let's face it, if Prince Philip can use the f word, I think people could probably get away. I mean, we don't use it all the time. No. No, and we, and we won't be playing what you think are swear words and what you think aren't swear words because the producer doesn't want to play that game this morning. But we will be playing. When's the news going to happen? And the answer is it's going to happen almost immediately on LBC. Public opinion on Brad Pitt. He was right to speak about facing his addictions. Uh, and also one columnist in the paper says, I can't remember the name of friends I drink with every day. How am I supposed to remember computer passwords? Uh, 70 years loyal service to Britain and the Queen. He's had his fill. He's stepping down. And uh, and people are saying, good on him, good on him. I don't know many people that go, oh, I'll keep working to 96. Nick Cave has decided to quit Britain. It holds too many bad memories after his son died. Uh, the Dignitas' dad, who's joked in a moving last message. The Slimmer losing 11 stone. And uh, Savaged by the Komodo dragon. Oh, and Tom and Jerry and Priscilla. It's not who you think it is. It'll be the other people. It's not cartoons. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice-to-be company. Friday the 5th of May, so it's all swinging to May. It's all swinging to Theresa May in the local elections. Uh, if you look at uh, the leaderboard, the Conservatives have gained all over the place at the expense of Labour and UKIP. And uh, we gave you a rundown a short while ago with Vincent McIverney, LBC's senior reporter, and we'll do the uh, the roundup uh, before the end of the programme, so you just know. I mean, there, there was no overall control in Monmouthshire. Uh, Labour have held on to, uh, to Neath. And Newport, Uh, they've lost Bridge End and uh, the other ones coming in. They'll have the full analysis a little bit later on. uh, Also at uh, Ceredigion. Is it Ceredigion? I don't even heard of that place. It sounds lovely, though, doesn't it? Ceredigion. It's in Aberystwyth. Oh, right. Well, actually, I thought Aberystwyth was a place. How could it be in Aberystwyth? Oh, Aberystwyth is in Cenedigion. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. I've now forgot what I was telling you about it. It remains under no overall control, so now you know. <laughs> Bloody is short for by our lady. By our lady. That's just why, but I don't know if that's a swear word. There are certain words which you wouldn't use on the on the radio, and there are certain words that you uh, that you probably would use on the radio. Uh, somebody says, my, my friend's six-year-old son was killed by a A three-inch Swiss army knife. So telling people you took them into school was a bit silly. No, not really. It was about 45 years ago. It certainly wasn't a bit silly. Lots of kids took them into school then because you carved your initials on trees. Unfortunately, as you're probably well aware or not, as the case may be, uh, kids had them. We got them for Christmas. You can buy them now. You know, they're not seen. I should imagine, you know, all we did was sort of open ours up. You could take a, a stone out of a horse's hoof. You could file your nails and you can... It had scissors on it. Now, of course, we have problems because kids have run riot. But uh, all those years ago, uh, kids didn't run riots. You know, kids took catapults out and things like that. Nowadays, you wouldn't take a catapult into school. You know, kids take all sorts of things nowadays. I mean, earlier this week, there were suggestions that schools should have these uh, these metal detectors in. They've got them in America. It's hardly, you know, hardly surprised we put them on here. You've only got to look at the, uh, the little people who appear on the television nowadays and the filth and the language that emanates from them. But uh, some people seem to go for that. But luckily, we were sensible children in the early days. We were very sensible. You know, everybody carried... You had it on your belt. I had it on my belt. It fitted onto a special holder on your belt because we were sensible people. We weren't stupid like they are nowadays. Uh, da, 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 da. So the swearing thing. We don't want examples of swearing. Thank you very much indeed. I'm not really, uh, not really particularly interested. I'm just curious as to what you can get away with on the television. The language on on some television programmes is so horrendous, I can't believe it myself. I sit there listening to things, listening to presenters who are, who are using just the most awful language. And I think, I know there's a watershed, but do they assume seriously in their tiny minds that at nine o'clock all little kiddywinks are tucked up in bed? You must be joking. They're out there on the streets drinking, smoking, behaving badly. That's what people do. The Savage by the Dragon uh, story is in all the papers today. And um, this giant lizard sunk its teeth into his leg. And uh, it's a Komodo dragon. They're big. Some of them are enormous. They're the size of of pigs, but dangerous. Lon Lee Ali was attacked in Indonesia after he crept up on the huge lizard to take photos. I mean, dumb or what? Anyway, this uh, dragon, thought to be eight foot long, I told you they're big, uh, leapt at him and clamped its jaws onto his legs before onlookers, onlookers dragged the man to safety. Uh, He'd chosen not to employ a tour guide as he wandered around the area where the animals live. Uh, Captain Rama Hassan said, pretty silly thing to do. You should be very careful near wildlife, particularly Komodo dragons. I mean, they drip saliva. You know, even the thing walking towards you is enough to make you go, get out. But this bloke thought he knew better. But he was attacked by the predator in the West Madagascan region after being rescued he was stitched up by the Komodo National Park staff and then taken to a hospital but these these creatures can kill buffaloes you don't mess with Komodo dragons but obviously he didn't uh, think that that would be anything that would affect him he knows now he knows now and the Tom and Jerry and Priscilla Uh, this is Sir Tom Jones cuddling Priscilla Presley because bearing in mind they go back a long time They go back to when Elvis was alive because Tom was a friend with Elvis and the other person is Jerry Lee Lewis, hence Tom and Jerry and Priscilla. Uh, And uh, Tom is 76, the Naked Gun actress. Watched Jerry Lee Lewis, 81, perform at a festival in Los Angeles. 81, good Lord. I think he's wearing a toupee. Whereas Tom Jones is a delight. He's got more stories about the... uh, about the sixties and the fifties than anybody else, you can shake a stick at. He's certainly been around the block a few times. Uh, the Daily Mail, the twelve-page picture pull-out. Why? Because it's the nation saluting you, sir. That's you, Prince Philip. And uh, today, you can uh, you can have a bit of a rest. He's cutting down. He's going to continue with all of his things until I think later in the year. He says, "I had to go. I'm past my sell-by date." He said, uh, "You know, I, I, I can't stand up much longer." And so he likes to uh, to sit down because he's 96. You know, show me any other. I know you get people who run the marathon at 100 and things like that. But I think they're a great double act. I think they've got a lot. They've certainly I remember seeing one thing where I think Charles sat down with the Queen and was showing her footage of all the events because, I mean, she is well documented. There's no doubt about it. And uh, she was trying to remember different. going, oh, that's good. I think that's a very good thing to remember. Exactly. You know, where you were at whatever time and their wedding. And he was because I shouldn't imagine the Queen ever sits down and goes, let's have sort of one of those jolly evenings around the telly with a bucket of popcorn. But uh, when Charles did it, he was saying, do you remember this bit? This is where the royal yacht, the first time we lost the royal yacht and then we had the royal yacht and all the rest of it. But uh, Prince Philip has been there. Uh, We think he made the decision after the death of a close friend because you people start worrying, you know, maybe you should slow down. Maybe you should slow down. The uh, The problem now is the shock and dismay of the household staff. Uh, workers could be seen walking across the gravelled forecourt uh, following this top-secret morning meeting. Five hundred. How many people do they employ? 550 people were summoned by email to the Queen's official residence by the Lord Chamberlain, Lord Peel. And it started at 10 o'clock, this uh, meeting. Many staff at yesterday's gathering would have waited on tables in the same room during visits by foreign dignitaries. Because uh, if he's going, there's a chance that many uh, staff... will I've nearly called them servants. Some of them are servants, but uh, many of them are just staff. His charities have said thank you very much indeed. Uh, Andrew will be the Queen's new plus one, because he doesn't really have a job, does he? And uh, and luckily, his daughters will still have no role. I'm sorry, we don't want anything to do with them. We really don't want them. You don't seem to like them at all. Uh, The first... And finest consort since Albert. They both elevated young queens to greatness. But uh, Robert Hardman is talking about Prince Philip here. I said at the beginning of the programme, and I love him. I think he's great. I think he'll uh, I think he'll rest. He can do all the things that he wants to do now. He can do his carriage driving. He can go out and do it. He doesn't do any gardening, I don't think. But he likes walking around Windsor. They're thinking they might uh, go down to Windsor. And they might stay down there, as opposed to Buckingham Palace, which you can still use for things. But uh, he likes Windsor. He's got Win- Windsor Great Park, and that's one of his great, uh, great pleasures. Uh, Tamara Eccleston, out with her photographer, because that's what they do now. Uh, she's wearing uh, a pair of heels to uh, the local hair salon. He thought the car could have dropped it, but there again, it's just another photo opportunity, another boring day for Tamara Eccleston. And... Um, she she's wearing boots here, heels, thirty-one pairs of eyelets on each leg, which meant nobody was going anywhere in a hurry. She lives in a mansion, fifty seven bedrooms. Seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, 50, what do you do with fifty seven bedrooms? The former home where the former Playboy model lives with husband she was a former Tamara Eccleston was a former Playboy model. When was that? Good lord above. I've no idea. She can't have been a very good one because nobody's ever heard of her. A Playboy model. I think they just put stuff down in the papers now just to sort of, you know, keep it going. And also the threat of a hosepipe ban. What? After the driest winter in 20 years. Look out, they say. We could be heading for drought. Oh, dear. Uh, Also, Bieber... The Diva. This is Justin Bieber. Mariah Carey famously demanded bendy straws and sofas in dark colours, but with no busy patterns. Cher requested a separate room for her wigs. Justin Bieber has uh, made this one here. He's requested two five-star hotels for his 120-strong team, chef-prepared meals named after his songs, a jet and a helicopter, a jacuzzi to unwind in before he takes the stage and purple carnations. As I know, they don't make purple carnations. You have to dye the blooming things. And uh, they claim this list was from a member of Bieber's team, was uploaded onto Twitter. So in other words, it could be a bit of a joke. Uh, also, um, they got to have the uh, uh, Bieber's private villa, three floors of the hotel booked for the artist and his entourage, and one elevator blocked on all four full dates for the singer there. And he wants uh, four days with five dishes per day being named after his popular songs. Uh, A special Indian yoga casket containing aromatic essential oils and books on chakras. His room will be adorned with purple carnations, purple being his favourite colour. And uh, this here, the Canadian singer rented a £25 million home in London, as well as a £17,000 a month rural retreat complete with helicopter, uh, helipads, indoor pool and five-a-side football pitch. So they contacted representatives of Justin Bieber and they had no comment at all. I suspect somebody's leaked it. There was one group, it might have been the Stones or something like that. They requested big bowls of Smarties, but with the blue ones taken out. I think they just do it to wind people up. And somebody says, can you believe it? They've mentioned it on the radio. Steve Allen said, we have the blue ones taken out. Elton John has all his glasses laid out in the, in the drawer. Presumably they've all been cleaned and everything else. Amazing, really, isn't it, that people put these riders in there. I have one here. I've got a rider in this building i say we'd quite like the studio to be warm, so that one they've totally ignored. Uh, i quite like to have sort of tea brought to me on the hour. That one's out the window straight away. And what was the other one? Yes, no fried bread. No fried bread at all, no mention of it anywhere. Or some nice sausages or Cumberland sausages or just something, please. But I didn't get it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Very interesting. I was just reading uh, very quickly Jan Moyer's column in the Mail, and she talks about the McCanns and how they've kept their marriage together. But the more interesting story is one that we did a short while ago. And um, she's, it's under the headline, Don't reward drugs mule with celebrity. And this is convicted drugs mule. This is uh, Michaela McCollum. Uh, a convicted drugs mule. Channel 5, she says, Can they really be considering her as a contestant in Celebrity Big Brother? I mean, I think it would be the most scandalous thing ever, a convicted drugs mule appearing as a celebrity. I said at the time, if, if that is the case, that's it with Channel 5, I think. Uh, they say here, one can see it might be starting to dawn on Michaela that even though she has reformed, few potential employers will trust her that her real struggle began once her jail sentence was over. For a TV station to foster the idea that criminality has compensations, one of them might be celebrity, is surely irresponsible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. What next? Convicted murderers who've got out of prison. Yeah, and I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Let's hope it never happens. I mean, absolute. That would be the lowest of the low, wouldn't it, really? Uh, my first guest on In Conversation this weekend is an actor. He played Spratt, the butler, in the hit TV show Downton Abbey opposite Dame Maggie Smith and is currently filming the new Mary Poppins film along with a host of other stars. It's Jeremy Swift. He told me uh, what he could about the new Mary Poppins film. There's only uh, so much I can say about it without getting a big smack
4: bottom from yeah, Disney. Yeah, all right. Well, I, 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 I won't
1: push you too much.
4: <laughs> um, might be spanked by the mouse himself. Who knows? Oh, who knows? Uh, um, but yes, it's, it's in the same... Um, it's in, all I can say is it's in the same world, and it's going to be amazing. It really is. It, so is.
1: Is, is it period, then?
4: Uh, it's, well, I can say this because it is on IMDb. It's 20 years later. So, nevertheless, when I say the same world, I mean the same stylistic world. So, um, there, you know, it is a musical and it's comedy and the, the, it has some of the same components and it's going to be fantastic. And it's got amazing actors in it, like mm-hmm. Meryl,
1: Meryl Streep. Oh you know, God, honestly, just, not, just drop names in front of me. <laughs> drop names in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they have moved from Cherry Tree Avenue, I'm assuming. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. Oh, oh, oh no. Because no, it was only a short while ago that Julie Andrews was telling us that she fell off the wire when uh, she was flying in. I think, and she fell off wow. and landed on the stage, and was uh, it was a little bit because it was it was very innovative. It was sort of it, it was really lovely. I thought it was a charming film. I can watch it now. Oh yeah, and uh, still uh, feel some passion for it. Yes,
4: well, uh, it, it was it was amazing for having live action with animation at the yes. time. I mean, it was just astonishing.
1: Peel Trevis was worried about sorry dancing with one penguins. penguins? Yes, I did not think so. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know that the film. Saving uh, Mister Banks, Mr. Banks uh, was sort of a little bit tongue in cheek. Uh, the, the, it wasn't quite as it was there. Wow! But yes. uh, but still very interesting because I thought saving Mister Banks. He went no no no. It's it's saving him. He was the one who needed saving. It wasn't yes. the children. It was nothing to do with that. It was yeah. it was him.
4: Yes, the whole thing about the alcoholic father. That's yes, right. I, I, I was ignorant of all that completely,
1: and that was was very touching. Very interesting. There's so many things he can't tell us because he's under contract. Uh, Jeremy Swift, who'll be in conversation with me this weekend, as well as Jeremy. I'll be talking to a Hollywood actor who starred in some of our best loved films, including Footloose, JFK and Apollo 13, and isn't afraid to tackle some of the darker roles that are offered to him. According to a well-known Internet meme, I love that word, actually, it's one of my favourite words, meme. He's so well connected in the Hollywood community, every actor is just a handful of steps away from him. It's Kevin Bacon. He told me things really changed for him after that role in Footloose.
2: When I got that movie, I had been working as an actor probably since I was about eighteen. Animal House was actually the first movie I'd done, but you know I wasn't well known in the in the same way that I wasn't foot, Footloose, and I was uh, so unrecognizable that I was able to check myself into the local high school in in Utah because i was afraid that i was going to be too old to pull off um being a 17 year old high school student and i also wanted to do research which was very important to me and and experience what it was like to be a kid from a big city coming to a small town and and being enrolled in high school so i spent the day in the local high school with nobody in the school knowing who i was um that I was an actor the, the principal knew and uh, but the teachers and the and the students didn't know and it was a it was a fascinating kind of like experience and 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 really really helpful in terms of research for that for that film I, I, I
1: was watching clips of it this morning it's got that raw energy that goes through it which kind of lifts you. But there again, you see, I see different things in you. I mean, I, I was reading an interview with you the other day where you, you said you weren't, you're not really bothered if people don't, don't like you. You know, if somebody comes up and says, oh, you know, I liked your last interview, you seem like an ice guy, you're not really interested in that. You're quite, you want to be a private person. It's very difficult in your business. But you say, if somebody says to you, I saw one of your films, it really moved me,
2: that's what you've achieved. That's what I could put on my mantelpiece. Yes. You know, that's, that's, that's the stuff that uh, is important to me.
1: Kevin Bacon, who's in conversation with you this weekend, along with fellow actor Jeremy Swift. You can hear me talking to Jeremy and Kevin tomorrow morning from six after the best of Steve Allen. If you can't make it then, you get another chance on Sunday evening from nine... And you can download it all from the LBC podcast app for your mobile or tablet, too. It's worth hearing this week. They're really good, actually, really good. We get a little bit of an insight into Dame Maggie Smith, what it's like working with her. How much power does she wield over at Downton Abbey? Quite a lot of power, quite a lot of power, uh, which we'll tell you about uh, tomorrow morning on LBC. Uh, very quickly, uh, Jordan or Katie Price, Steve, should be classed as a swear word, said Asim. Yes, I mean, I, I would suspect it probably is. We try not to say them in the, in the same breath. And, um, and Ron says, you probably only swear when out in the car. I never swear in the car. I never say It doesn't bother. If somebody pulls out in front of me, I never bother about things like that. I couldn't care less. I just, you know, apply the brake. And um, and sort of hope to God that I avoid them. But no, it doesn't. I'm I'm not bothered by things like that. Although I did once, just to upset a friend of mine, we went out in a car, and I completely let rip with a torrent of abuse, like of which I'd never heard before. Uh, dragons, Komodo, are the most dangerous animals on the planet. That bite doesn't kill you; it's the venom in the bite that kills you. Yeah, I mean they're blooming dangerous. These are when you've seen them, eight feet long. The one that attacked this bloke, he thought that he he wouldn't employ a guide. To, you know, who obviously know how, how the dragons operate and know that you don't get sort of to. It's like you've got to be careful. Lions, apparently, the one thing you don't do is ever have your back to a lion. Lions and cubs will jump onto your back and that's what they do. So you always have your back up against a fence or a wall. Not much help, I realise, if you're living in Billericay at the moment. But, you know, that's the kind of thing you worry about if you listen to this programme. So never turn your back on lions or t- tigers. exactly the same. They'll go for the back. They're not going for the front thing. It puts them off a little bit. Uh, what we we'll do, we we'll take a short break. The other side of the news, we'll do the front pages of the papers. I have to tell you that because of the local elections, that's not on there. That will not be on till tomorrow morning. But if Theresa May is just waking up and tuning in to LBC, as I'm sure she is doing, uh, she'll be very pleased with the results so far. Counting is underway. Uh, voting took place for 34 councils in England, all 32 Local authorities in Scotland, all 22 councils in Wales and for eight mayors in England. So some of it will be counted later on. They come back and count some of them at about nine o'clock this morning. So the the, uh, the results uh, you've heard already, it looks like it's, uh, it's good news for the Conservatives. It's bad news for Labour and it's bad news for UKIP. Details very shortly. You're listening to a podcast from LBC latest news, Labour holds Swansea, Labour holds Swansea, it's getting quite interesting this one isn't it, that's, again uh, they're, they're falling far short of the mark here, you would have thought actually that the whole of Wales would have gone uh, Labour but they're losing lots, so state of the parties, Labour still 60, <coughs> excuse me seats, Conservatives 366 seats, that's up 104, uh, Lib Dems 89, the Greens 10, UKIP nothing. And uh, and the N O C and others thirty three. That's down seventeen. So it's it's a lot of losing for Labour and a lot of losing for Ukip. Well, they didn't have exactly very far to fall. Ukip did they? But the Conservatives, as I say, she'll be she'll be very pleased. Uh, State the parties in uh, in Welsh Wales: Labour two nineteen seats, Conservatives, seventy one, Plaid Cymru forty, Lib Dems twenty nine, Ukip still nothing, and N O C others hundred and twenty one. Poor old UKIP. I don't know what they're going to do after this. I mean, it's, it's, is there going to be any saving grace for them here? We'll have to wait and find out. They might have done well in Scotland. You never know, actually. I know, but you've got to be nice. I mean, come on, honestly. But this is this is the sort of the preamble. And if I'll tell you one thing. I'll bet you anything. Out today will be Theresa May. They'll all be out there because they'll all be having to be campaigning as vigorously as possible. Everybody. Everybody will be out there, I promise you. Nick Ferrari's with at breakfast this morning at 7 o'clock as local and mayoral election results continue to come in. Throughout the day on LBC, Nick will have up-to-date reaction and analysis from experts and from all the major parties. Plus, after receiving a call from a mum in crisis over the mental health of her son, Nick will revisit the story to see what else can be done to make a difference. It's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from seven right here on LBC. If you've just woken up, it's nice to have your uh, company. In the light of the story, we've been inundated with uh, texts about the the drug mule who they might be putting on a celebrity programme. That's apparently the message we send out if you run Channel 5 now. You know, the worst kind of, uh, you know, uh, media person you could possibly get is a convicted drug mule who now becomes a celebrity. And somebody says here, break the law, we'll make you a star. Somebody else says, drug mule on television. What message are we sending out to young people? Well, we're sending out the same message. that The more badly behaved you are, the more chance there is of putting you on television. Where do you think they get all the people from I'm a Celebrity Anyway? They get the, the people who behave badly on other programmes. So they stand out. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for confrontation. Although a drug mule without any drugs is a bit of a pointless exercise. Would you not think so? But uh, she goes on to people say, what do you do? Uh, oh, I'm a convicted drug mule. Fantastic. Fantastic. Why not murderers, paedophiles and rapists? Let's put everybody on there and just have one sort of programme we can all beat the living daylights out of each other. I don't quite see the purpose of that. It was mooted before, you know, have, having sort of lied through their teeth that they weren't actually drug mules and then it turned out, yes they were, they knew exactly what they were doing. And then this hard life in a Peru prison, whereas in fact there's a beauty salon in there and uh, one of them was sort of running that. Just you know, as I say, once uh, once liars, always liars. Front pages of the papers: the EU faces huge crisis if it can't force Britain to pay the exit bill. Uh, this is the Daily Express. Thank you, Sir. Prince Philip retires after seventy years of loyal service, and so he's entitled to. So he's entitled to. There's not much criticism at all of him inside, apart from his uh, his sort of gaffes which they've uh, which they've put in there because he just does that. Uh, fascinating facts on him: things you didn't know. He was on active service in the Royal Navy throughout the Second World War. Uh, he was born at the Villa Mont Repos, the summer retreat of the Greek royal family on the island of Corfu. He's the youngest child and only son of Prince Andrew, of Greece, and Princess Alice of Battenberg. Uh, he lived for seven years in France as a boy, and he still speaks the language well. He learned to fly all types of aircraft. In his distinguished career, he gained his RAF wings in 53, helicopter wings in 56, and his private pilot's licence in 59. He uh, uses an LPG-powered London taxi to get around London to attend engagements. And uh, he likes as well uh, his carriage driving. He loves it. He also likes painting, bird watching. We've got something in common there with uh, Matt Stadlin. Matt Stadlin. (whistles) Yes, more in that and the best of tomorrow. And um, but he he retired from carriage driving. Oh, sorry, retired from uh, from polo at the age of fifty. I think polo is very dangerous, very dangerous. But uh, everybody, everybody likes him. Listen, he's been there. They've kept themselves going. Very well indeed, very well. So he's stepping down. He's going to continue to do the things which are in the diary already, but they're not going to add anything else unless he particularly wants to do something. It's a case of he's 95, coming up 96. He can do what he blooming well likes, as far as I'm concerned. Leave him alone. He's fine. He's got that farm. And I should imagine when you get to 96, you must kind of worry if every day is your last, mustn't you? I mean, you know, I'd worry about the temperature of soup. He's probably worrying about, you know, what, what, what will happen afterwards? Because you do get panicky, don't you, when somebody's of that age? But he looks, he looks fine. Let's face it, he ran down the steps at Laws like he was about to go out to bat. He's on the mail. You get a 12 page picture pull out there. The nation salutes you, sir. The Daily Star have run with him as well. Giggles as Duke retires. Uh, and the other story, which I was running with earlier on this morning, the fears for 62 more Premiership stars. Lennon is not alone. 10% of top players need help because obviously these people, because nobody tells them anything. And when I say nobody tells them anything, they're, they're, they're picked to play football, and that's about as far as it goes. So that's why a lot of footballers get themselves into trouble. They get into trouble with their fast cars, they think they're above the law, they go to nightclubs, they drink very expensive champagne because they're earning serious money. You know, £30,000, 50000 £100,000 a week and more. You know, top players can be £150,000, £200,000 a week. It's serious money out there. Serious money. And so, but nobody teaches them how to behave. So they behave badly. And uh, that's when it gets them into trouble. Nobody tells them. And then occasionally they whoosh, fall off the edge. And by that time, it's too late. Nobody's seen the signs. They've got nobody to talk to because they're supposed to be doing this all-macho sport. So that's why you don't see gay footballers coming out till they've retired. Then they go, oh, by the way. You go, what? And they go, uh, I'm gay. And you go, no kidding. Unbelievable. Duke of Edinburgh retiring from page of the Eye. I can't stand up much longer. Uh, palace staff are told at the secret emergency meeting um, although to be honest with you, I didn't think it was, that's it. We all knew it was happening, but we'd had the nod that, uh, they, they were saying we're not announcing a death or anything like that. Uh, and it's just the fact he's going to step down. And so four and a half hundred of them turned up and, uh, and were told exactly what the situation was. So they'll be scaling down his offices, his engagements. He'll have a whole office devoted just to him to sort out his engagements and everything else. Whereas I think all he wants to do is sort of, you know, just put on some casual shirts, not put on a tie every day, go and have breakfast with his wife. And just live like a, a normal couple, which is, I suppose, you know, for many people, what they are. But, you know, mostly, mostly in the papers, everybody seems to, to absolutely adore him. So he makes mistakes. Nobody cares about that, really. But he's done 22,000 solo engagement and 5,000 speeches. There you go. He's on the front page of the Telegraph service with a smile. And uh, he steps down from public life uh, with one final quip. Uh, plus the uh, the French election, hit by claims of fake news attack. Hattersley calls for campaign to remove Corbyn. And um, what's the other one? Oh, yes, Man United were made to battle by Celta Vigo. Is that it? Vigo? I knew I'd I knew I'd get one of those words wrong. When I looked at the first one, I thought Celta would be O'Kelta. And I thought Viger and it's Vigo. Well, I don't know these things. I'm not a, I'm not a football-playing person. Thank you very much indeed. This is in the first leg of their Europa League semi-final. Marcus Rashford's free-kick goal... <laughs> you can do that one, you see. Uh, ...provided a, a rare moment of quality in the match, this, uh, which felt like a collision between two tired squads. I don't know, It's a very nice thing, isn't it, really? I can't believe I can't pronounce some of these things. Honestly, it's just... It's obviously, must be a misspent youth. I could do most people appear in West End Theatre... I could do lots of television celebrities, but I can't pronounce half the things in mean, football. At uh, the Times this morning, Duke retires rather than grow frail in public. I agree. I agree. But he's never looked frail. Have you noticed? Every time he goes out there, he looks like, you know, he's, that's, his sort of, that's his sort of background. Macron sues Le Pen over Kremlin smears. We're going to be crossing to France on Monday morning on the programme. And we'll have a, a chat with Vincent McAvenny, obviously senior, senior reporter over there. Um, mad or murdered royals never had to worry about old age. And uh, as I say, they go to the games, the Braemar games. They've just grown old together. I think because she's probably she, she's not <coughs> daft. She's quite clearly not daft. She knows how to run the, the family. If you remember that scene on the balcony where they had a fly past and William was sitting down, and you could hear, you could watch her lips forming, get up, William. You know, he had to be told off by his grandmother because he didn't know uh, protocol. Lots of people don't know protocol. Lots of people don't know protocol. There's so many things. If you're meeting the royals, they'll sort of give you a checklist. You know, do not speak until you're spoken to. You have to wait. They're that old-fashioned. And uh, you'll just sort of stand. That's why you don't find people going, so listen. That's why when she went, was it Australia where the, the Premier put his arm round her? I thought, touch the Queen? Heresy. Heresy. The man should have been taken to the Tower immediately. Flogged within an inch of his life, makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Eight four eight five zero. Will Will Guyett says, "Could you do the Saturday Sports Show one weekend?" I can do sports shows. I can do sports shows. You'd be surprised, actually. I could even surprise myself. I do. I I did a sports show on LBC for years. It was a it was a two hour sports show. Was it three hours? Anyway, whatever it was, I managed to do it by just reading the back pages of the papers. Managed to bluff my way through it. I had an expert who was a tennis expert in. I had a football expert in. Um, I can't come in tomorrow. I'm a bit busy tomorrow. Uh, otherwise, I'll be here. Seriously, honestly. I can't think of anything nicer than popping in on my only day off during the week to help out with a sports show. But, I, you know, if you needed a football pundit, just phone me up. I, I can do a bit of commentary for you. OK, somebody's kicked the ball. Somebody's fallen over. Bit of an argument going on, and but the ball's just gone into that net thing at the end, which they've got, you know. End of story. How difficult is that, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, looking at the um, Sandringham, uh, the uh, the Duke also rides mini motorbikes. I bet not now, actually, but uh, aches and strains put him down, but never out. Uh, the Guardian, it's Philip to return. He'll he'll read this stuff. He'll be poo pooing it, you know. I know him of old. He will he will not like this sort of stuff. Nick Cave. Life after his tragedy, his, uh, his son died, you remember, some years ago now. And he's, uh, he's decided that he's going to go and live somewhere else. The memories are too painful for him, I can well imagine. Well, that's a lie. I can't imagine what it must be like. But I can only hazard a guess that if he's made that decision, he's not made that decision lightly. And also the surgery's brutal last chance for stab victims. And uh, Gareth Davis, Medical Director of London's Air Ambulance, says if somebody's stabbed... You have to access the patient's heart within about a minute. Oh, God, don't talk to me about hearts, please. I don't want to know anything about hearts whatsoever. You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: So the latest election results. UKIP have lost all of its 14 seats in Lincolnshire and the Conservatives have taken control of the council. So we've been running that uh, all night on uh, LBC. There's more to come in later, but uh, they now won't go back for counting until about nine o'clock this morning. So uh, voting took place. 34 councils in England, if you remember, there were 32 local councils in Scotland. They haven't started counting yet. 22 councils in Wales and for eight mayors in England. So that's what you're looking at at the moment. At the moment, judging by what we've heard and what we've been uh, reporting, um, the Conservatives have done very well. Labour's not done very well. And UKIP have not done very well at all. In fact, UKIP are at zero uh, and it's remained zero throughout most of the night, actually. And the and the, the Lib Dems are sort of so-so, but there again, they've sort of wandered around all over the place, haven't they, really? Uh, Tim Bowles has won the West of England's mayoral election, uh, because there's those going along hand in hand. But as we go through the day, you'll get the rest of them filtering filtering through. Sh- uh, sh- I can't even speak now. Slowly but surely, and um, you'll hear them first on LBC. Uh, also, the uh, so UKIP lost 14 seats in Lincolnshire. I mean, really a disastrous night for them. And so I bet uh, they'll all be out on the uh, on the trail again today. They'll miss, you know, it's interesting enough because we had somebody on LBC. I told you the other day who'd phoned up, I think Darren, to say that a lot of people were defecting from the Conservatives to Labour. Which of course was completely the opposite. They were defecting back from Labour to the Conservatives, and that is shown up in these uh, in these results, which you'll hear. ...on LBC throughout the remainder of the day. And I think you get Sheila Fogarty back again later on, and Ian Dale. They're going to be absolutely exhausted, I should imagine. Only kept going by the fact that it was fairly exciting. It's just that they don't do the results as quickly as you'd, as you'd like them coming in. The Daily Mirror this morning, the Russian attack. This is a, a columnist uh, who, uh, her name is Elisa Titko, uh, because isn't everybody... And she's, uh, she's actually got a, got a column over in a minute. And she says uh, there are fat women in Manchester. And I said, you know, I thought, very reasonable. Why well, she picked on Manchester? Fat people are everywhere. Want to come around Leicester Square? There's loads of fat people Leicester Square. I'm in a building where there's some fat people. I'm one of them, you know. But she says, basically, sort of fat women wear clothes that don't, don't fit them. And they get very drunk and go out to clubs. Yeah, fat blokes do the same. Fat blokes go out there getting drunk looking for the fat women because after a few drinks they look good. It's so as simple as that, They're you not know, messing around with the old thing. So, I mean, obviously she doesn't understand that. She thinks if you've got fat women, that gives you more gay men. So in other words, I mean, really, Russia must be overrun by gay guys running about all over the place because they've encountered fat women. I don't quite understand it. What a funny thing to write about us. Mind you, she's not a fan about um, of, of, of gay men at all. Although it's surprising, when you look at her, she looks like she could be a huge fan of gay men. Uh, Prince Philip has... Um, <laughs> is quit at 95. I think he's just got to that stage where he's gone, listen, you know, 95, When? what am I supposed to stop? They don't seem to retire, the royals, do they? Although Prince Andrew shut down his workload some years ago. He says, standing down, I can barely stand up these days. You see, he's still got it. He's still sharp as the old knife in that box, says Philip. I don't know, if it does he drink? I don't know whether or not he likes a... Uh, sort of whiskey or something like that. And there must be a secret, mustn't there, to still being happy. I mean, I know you could argue the fact he's not actually worked in his life. You know, carriage driving and sitting in the back of a car waving. It's not really what I call a job. And uh, he likes to go to the Windsor Horseshoe. Horse, horseshoe? Horseshoe. i you'll see some horseshoes there. But do they go on holiday? When I say go on holiday, I mean, has the Queen ever been photographed in a bikini on a beach somewhere in Mauritius? Or something like that. I mean, would they go there? They, they, they just go up to Balmoral, don't they? I think she sticks on a pair of Levi 501s, goes off wandering in her Crocs. <laughs> I should imagine the Queen Mother doing that. I don't imagine the Queen Mother ever dressed down. I think she spent her entire life in tartan. Every picture I've ever seen the Queen Mother, she's in tartan with the hat to match and the bag and everything else. And they just, they don't, they don't do the dressing down bit at all. Uh, Beeb Fury at Cliff's £1 million legal bill. Bosses face huge payout if cleared star wins court battle. He's going for it, and he's going touring as well, and he's touring with, uh, with Calabro. Uh, the BBC fear a huge bill in the Cliff Battle. That's the front page of the uh, Mirror for today. And finally, The Sun. They've got a, a tribute, a souvenir tribute. Everybody's got no end of pictures of him. Because he takes a good picture. I mean, sometimes he gets grumpy, but there again, everybody gets grumpy, don't they? He's racked up 22,000 solo engagements, nearly 5,500 speeches, 637 foreign visits. Um, and he's good fun. I'm sure he's no angel. I'm sure he's not perfect, but he's ours and he's as, he's as good as it's going to get. But he's at his fill now. And so he's stepped down. Um, it's not on medical grounds. There's nothing to matter with him medically, he said, because that's what worried me first of all when they said, oh, they've called people down and they're going to make an announcement. We all thought the worst. I mean, his health was hit by three hours standing in heavy rain as they were going up and down the the Thames during that boat flotilla thing. And he stood there, bless him. Nobody thought to sort of, you know, cover him over or anything else. He said, oh, you stand there. That's what you do, isn't it? you Prince Philip. But um, She's staying on. She's carrying on doing her, her duties. She made that pledge in 1947. Uh, Wills will pick up the pace at last. And I think that's why you've been seeing more and more of Wills and Harry and Kate going out there as a little threesome. So they can go off and do their little bits and pieces. But um, he's got the uh, the strength and the staying capability, apparently. And uh, the Queen, back in, when she was, I think, 1947, she was 21, wasn't she? She says, I declare my whole life will be devoted to your service. And I don't think she's uh, she's let us down on that one. There but for the Queen, come pain or shine, as they say in the papers. And uh, 95, he's still walking around. Mind you, the, qu- the Queen Mother at 100, when she walked in for Diana's funeral, I thought, she's going to fall over. Somebody's going to need to pick her up or wheel her down on a pair of casters. But uh, no, she walked down the aisle. At, uh, at the uh, at the cathedral. I mean, just absolutely amazing. So, uh, well done. I hope you enjoy your retirement, whatever you choose to do. Mind you, if he's still into the painting, perhaps he'll do a bit more painting. And uh, that'll keep him quite happy. So I think this morning, we kind of, we kind of got round to everything. The, the local elections was the thing that uh, people were all interested in, but as the results came in slowly and slowly and slowly, now you've discovered, of course, that... Uh, the Conservatives have got, like, a, a runaway victory at the moment, which will please Theresa May. Uh, Prince Philip makes the front page of every newspaper. Tomorrow it'll be completely different. It'll be the local elections. Uh, the Beeb fearing that huge bill in the cliff battle. Nick Cave has decided to quit Britain, holding too many bad memories after his son died here. So every sympathy. that's a great shame. Uh, the Russian top columnist, I've never heard of her. Have you ever heard of Titco before? I've never heard of Titco. I mean, you yeah, know, you would think, you know, I've heard of... You know, different columnists over here, but never never Titco. But there again, I don't read any Russian-inspired columnists. Uh, Dignitas Dad jokes in his moving last message. Uh, he's got uh, motor neuron and he didn't want to, to die without, um, you know, just he wanted to go while he was still able to smile and everything else. Uh, the con man selling the fake Ed Sheeran tickets to a teenage cancer girl. The worst thing was he knew she was suffering from cancer. But uh, anyway, a company stepped in and they're going to, uh, to help out. Tom and Jerry and Priscilla... Uh, I think uh, Tom and Priscilla get on very, very well together because he used to go and see her when she was with uh, Elvis. Uh, the bloke savaged by the Komodo dragon, I and mean, that's his fault. Don't go anywhere near them. They're eight, this thing was eight foot long. I've seen them up to 13. Lewis Hamilton and his disastrous fashion. This morning, I mean, we really couldn't get over that. Even the papers have gone, where does he get this stuff from? Uh, Also, uh, maternity clothes. They used to be all big and baggy, didn't they? To cover up any sort of lumps and bumps and things like that as your boobs hit the ground. And it's a case now. Everything's tight. I mean, seriously, people are wearing tight maternity clothes and high heels. Students cheating with invisible ink. We didn't quite get round to, but uh, I wouldn't put anything past students. You know what they're like. And today is the last day, and I'll say it for the umpteenth time. uh, After midnight tonight... No more old fivers. So if you've got any old paper fivers, get rid of them today. Because I know that there's going to be some idiot tomorrow morning who's going to present an old fiver to a shop, and they're going to go, "It's not legal tender." They're going to go, "When did that happen?" There's going to be somebody stupid like that. Seriously, I'm hoping that there's not, but there will be somebody absolutely daft. We didn't get round to the benefits mum. Uh, She's living in a three bedroom house. She wants an extension built. Don't want to pay for it. She wants you to pay for it, uh, or, you know, the country to pay for it. Uh, she doesn't work, hasn't worked for years and years, but uh, the council said, no, we're not going to build it for you, which I think is, frankly, the best news I've heard in uh, in ages. The Barbara Windsor story airs on television this Sunday, and uh, finally pregnant Fern McCann has ventured out of the house in between her bousts, uh, bouts of sobbing, and a third of us, I say of us, I don't include myself in this, admit to filming our own sex romps. Ha! As if... As if, seriously, how would you keep the camera still? Anyway, um, and various other... I wish I'd not thrown that bit in, actually. That's the bit... It was all going so well on the programme, wasn't it? I was hoping. Uh, the woman who found the spider in her ear. And um, and what was the other one as well? Oh, yes. The, uh, the unsafe levels of arsenic in baby rice products. Check that one out on the internet. Thank you for your company. I'm back tomorrow morning uh, with the best of Steve Allen and In Conversazione. A little bit of continental air creeping in. like to be in touch with people. Some of our overseas visitors might be listening in and think, oh, good, he's talking to us. Uh, and the best of Steve Allen first and then in conversation second. And then I'm back on Sunday morning with the first look at the Sunday papers and we can be very, very irreverent. Have a great weekend. Have a very nice time. Don't forget you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10. It's James O'Brien. But next, with breakfast... It's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen
0: live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.